Welcome to the you. <laughs> What's the name of our podcast again? <laughs> Your pick. This is what happens when we don't have. This is notes. what happens when I go off script, Tatum. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, ready? Yes. Hello, and welcome to Your Pick, a movie podcast. I'm Geneva, and I'm Tatum. Uh, today we are doing something a little bit different. Um, for this week, we are actually going to do a quick breakdown of the nineteen. Uh, the 95th Academy Awards, which happened like last 19. night. We're, 19. we're in 2023. <laughs> 2023. The 95th Academy Awards happened last night. Uh, it's Monday evening that we're recording this. Uh, we're going to try to get this episode out to you tomorrow, if possible. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to give our, our kind of quick thoughts on what happened, the winners, uh, the losers, anything else we feel like discussing. So, yeah. Yeah. Tatum, also- first of all. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, if people can't notice, Geneva's got a mic now. I got so. a mic now. Woo. I'm an actual podcaster. This is so exciting. I, I begged her because I was like, Geneva, <laughs> your chair is creaking. Ah! <laughs> I swear, if I get this mic and you're still hearing creaking and everything, I... There's no way. up on everything. No. <laughs> I've, like, dropped things on the floor while recording and the mic doesn't pick it up. So okay. it's going to be great. Good. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, so... If people can't tell, we are not on any sort of script or any sort of format. Nope. Uh, Off the Geneva dome, and people. I, yeah, we happens. just watched the Oscars on Sunday. Uh, we normally record our episodes a little bit in advance because work. Um, <laughs> but we're not doing that this time. And so I literally just got off work like half hour ago. And I'm hoping to edit this before I go to bed. So, uh, yeah, no planning, <laughs> we'll no anything. see how this goes. This is an unfiltered conversation <laughs> Your between pick Tatum unfiltered. and Geneva. Uh, it's going right. to get weird. <laughs> I was like, what adjective well, I don't know do I want to use? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so just to start... Do you want to start with the opening monologue? The um, Sure, yeah. I, w- I was just going to say, like just going to ask you about your experience of watching the Oscars. For me, um, oh, okay. I did manage to to do a, a little bit of an Oscar party. Well, I shouldn't say do an Oscar party. My brother hosted an Oscar party and I invited myself over to him. <laughs> but it's really fun. You know, it's it had been, um, I was not able to watch the Oscars live last year, um, which I normally do. And it's just, it's such a different experience and it's so much fun being in a room with other people reacting to things live you know there's not a whole lot of tv events that i experience live with other people um so it's it's just always an experience that i really enjoy the my brother is also kind of a movie person um the other people at his uh party were sort of knowledgeable but not um always as um you know aware of like recent things as um my brother and I were um so it was it's really fun hearing their thoughts as someone who's you know people who are not <laughs> as enmeshed in the minutia of twitter controversies and um developing narratives around movies and things like that it's nice to come to it from a fresh perspective of like here are the really cool movies that came out this year and I mean I don't know any of the twitter controversy either but <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> you are much more uh, uh innocent on that regard but anyway so yeah what was your uh, experience of actually watching the oscar stadium 
Yeah, so I hosted an Oscars party, uh, which was great because back in the day when Geneva and I lived in the same place, we would kind of host parties together. Um, oh, I miss it so but, much. Yeah, that was so much fun. Um, but this time, so this was actually my first Oscars party in like four years because the last two years I was living in Spain. And then the year prior to that was COVID lockdown. So, um, oh, that's did we not have an Oscars party during COVID lockdown? I, I don't think so. Probably by the time I was ready to do one again, you had already left for Spain. So yeah, you're yeah, I'm sure you're right. Exactly. Yeah. So this was my first Oscars party in four years um, without Geneva. So it, it it was actually really fun. Um, my dad was in town, and my siblings were already over. So like my family was there. But then I also invited, I think four of my friends came and, uh, they're, so most of them are, are movie people, but all kind of in different ways and different levels. So one of my friends is a documentary filmmaker. Um, so he has a love for cinema and we've gone to the theater a bunch together and then, um, yeah, two other people, like they watch a lot of movies and so they kind of had seen a fair amount of the films that had come out. And then there was one of us who's like, I've seen two movies on this whole list of everything. Um, I love but, having, it's so great having a spread of people yeah. who, you know, different relationships to the movies, different even just awareness of the movies that are coming out. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really, really fun. I love having all those different perspectives because she would kind of see things win and be like, oh, that looks interesting. I want to go watch that now. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Uh, we had some food and, uh, then we watched the show and it was great. It honestly was really fun. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was a really good time. Good. Good. Yeah. 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 I feel like overall with the ceremony, I mean, we can, we can get into the, the monologue a bit. So this, this Oscar ceremony was, um, they went back to having a host, which they hadn't had for a, a few years. I, believe they or did they have a host last year like i said i didn't I watch know. live i i didn't watch i was in spain geneva was in scotland so uh, yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> yeah woke up the next morning uh saw there's something about a slap all over the news and i was like yeah. what happened um anyway so there was a host this year jimmy kimmel hosted um which he'd done a couple times in the past but so this was his return to hosting the oscars and um overall i think he did a pretty good job. I mean, he's, you know, is there's some lame crim- cringy jokes, but they're always <laughs> at the Oscars. Um I think he he kept it running pretty um you know, it it moved along, but it also um you know, there there was time spent, I think, on some of the the nice, you know, let's just sit and appreciate the movies, you know, have a nice little montage here giving tributes to you know various aspects of the movies things that i always enjoy um his monologue um yeah i mean there was a bit of the sort of gentle in hollywood insider <laughs> ribbing that you often get in a in an oscars monologue i don't know what do you think of jimmy kibble as a host and what did you think um, of his monologue so first of all i really like jimmy kimmel i think i think he's funny um, I'm not really a huge fan of, of late night talk shows, but he's probably one of my favorite late night talk show hosts that exists mm-hmm. at the moment. I just think he's funny. Um, I liked his opening monologue a lot, actually. I def like, I genuinely laughed a few times, mm-hmm. which doesn't always happen. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't super cringe, 
But I will say, I do think that just across the board as a concept, I think the Oscars should only have a host speak in the beginning and then we never see them again. Because when they come in and do these weird little sketches or quip like Mm -hmm. jokes in the middle of nowhere for like two seconds, it just, I really don't, I really don't like that. That was when I was just thinking, okay, he needs to stop. But I think that would be true about anyone just because I think it's weird to have a host do that. Yeah. So it was to I think me... they should open the show and mm-hmm. then they should close the show and say, thanks for watching. See you next year. Yeah. I don't think they should do all this weird in between. When he was talking to Malala, oh my goodness. she was so <laughs> not having it. And yeah, she was we, like, we definitely need to talk about that. She was like, I only talk about world peace. And then he was like, uh, my favorite good answer. <laughs> One of my on. favorite moments of the night. <laughs> um, yeah. In general, I agree with you. I feel like, I I think he was less obtrusive than I remember some other hosts being. And I think part of it was just there were a lot, there were f- way fewer sort of annoying long form bits than I remember in previous Oscar ceremonies. Like the, the worst was probably the whole co- cocaine bear bit, which kind of bled oh into the Malala bit. That was awful. Yeah, but there have been way, way worse things in other Oscar ceremonies. So it was a little bit annoying, but uh, comparatively speaking, I'm like, oh, this this is fine. You know, it's a bit cringe, but the Oscars are always a bit cringe. So (laughs) that's why. But I feel like the cringe moments are always the host doing Mm -hmm. the weird stuff in between. So I'm just like, take it. Take it out. Take it out. It's always cringe. Why are we doing this still? It's weird. Yeah. And there were definitely some jokes that Jimmy said, and you could tell after he said them. He (laughs) was just like, ugh. Yeah. Why? I didn't write this. What? Who put this on my (laughs) teleprompter? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming that the reason, I mean, the the Q&A segment that you were talking about um, when he <laughs> decided to ask um, Nobel Prize winner and um, the youngest Nobel internationally <laughs> acclaimed human rights activist um, Malala how to whether uh, Harry Styles spat on Chris Pine. Um, that was you know that th- that was a moment for just filling time while they set up the stage. So it's one of those things where it's like we have to have some sort of you know we have some sort of downtime here. We have to put something there got to just figure it out so play a clip from a movie like they could they could seriously play i mean clips from movies why would they not do that i don't know to be honest i would rather have awkward moments involving jimmy kimmel asking weird questions to the people in the room than have another horrible like here's the new trailer for the little mermaid and we're going to insert it into the ceremony for some reason I don't think it needs to be a trailer. What if it's just like a clip from one of the movies that was nominated or a clip from some of the movies that weren't nominated that like play a clip from the woman King, play a clip from RRR, play a clip from some of the other, like after Mm. sun, some of the other fantastic movies that came out during the year that aren't necessarily getting the Oscars Mm -hmm. like representation that they in certain ways deserve, you yeah. know, I don't know. I think yeah. there's lots of other more creative ways that they could use that time yeah. than just being like, well, let's have a host walk down the aisle and do a thing, <laughs> do a thing. So, yeah, 
But they didn't talk to Meryl Streep this time. I feel like they always go up to Meryl Streep and crack some joke. And it's just like, please <laughs> I don't stop. Think Meryl, I don't, was Meryl Streep even there? I don't remember seeing I her in the crowd. I didn't see her in anything. So yeah. pro- probably not. Tom Cruise was not there. Um, I know. Famously. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, yeah. So gener- generally thumbs up on Jimmy Kimmel from both of us, I think. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought that the ceremony was one of the shorter ones that I've seen in mm-hmm. a while. I mean, it started at seven here and then I think it was over by ten fifteen or something. Yeah. I was like, I feel like these normally go till midnight. What is going on? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It definitely was not. I don't know. It, it was a solid three and a half hours, I think. Um but it didn't feel like it dragged too much to me. Um, I think they, I feel they like, kept it pretty well paced. I feel like I remember it being for for the last you know couple awards or something. It's like okay, we'll award best actor in a leading role and best actress in a leading role. Commercial break. Then we'll award best director. Commercial break. Mm-hmm. Then we'll award best picture. And, but this, I feel like it was. I feel like they did all the actors, the director, and the best picture all in yeah, one. Yeah, they chunk. really like crunch them together at and it the was very great end. yeah i prefer that i yeah. thought it was awesome absolutely so i mean that's what everyone's there for anyway you know yeah you're gonna have everyone tuning in toward the end to, to find out who won all those those big awards so may as well just squish them all together yeah well that's probably why they played all those commercials before because people were probably paying so much money to have their ads roll during that time because they know <laughs> right. that that's when everyone's watching yeah but i'm glad that they eliminated that because it was just a lot smoother and mm-hmm. honestly in my opinion this year we all knew what was going to win all of those categories yep. anyway yeah so it's like why why delay you, you know what we already know was coming mm-hmm. um yeah and can i just say overall you know since we're transitioning a little bit into the winners and i think we should go through um some of the winners bit by bit but um just as an overall, I, I really, I like the ceremony. I think they did a good job of taking criticism from previous years. You know, all the winners were actually broadcast during the show, which is good. Um, again, cutting down on the really long, boring bits that eat up time, things like that. It is a little bit, um, how do I put this? I, you know, I'm, I'm very happy for um, the the movie that won best picture i think it's a a really interesting original movie i'm you know excited to see really weird out there original movies um uh get more attention and and win acclaim i do wish it had been less of a sweep just overall Mm. of two movies in particular everything everything everywhere all at once and all quiet on the western front felt like they just ate up 80 (laughs) percent or more of the awards and I I like both of those movies, and I'm a little bit mixed on both of them in different ways. Um, you know, there there are things that I really like about both of them, but I do wish that the awards had been a bit more spread out in general. You know, I, I really would have loved to see. Like, this was a great year for movies. It really was, you know? Like, those two movies are good. They have their strengths, but there's also... You know, there was The Fablemans, there was Tar, there was, I mean, Nope, which was not even nominated, which I'm still salty about. RRR obviously was only nominated nominated in one category, which is insane. Um, there were just, there were so many great movies this year, and uh, a lot of them did get nominated, which is great, but I just re- wish that the winners had been a little bit more spread out. I feel like, no, no disrespect to other categories, or other whatever 
But I feel like a pretty much all of the major categories went to one like best picture was everything everywhere director everything everywhere yeah it's like everything um, everywhere was all the above and almost all the original above the screenplay line, everything the everywhere all although all quiet on the western front did not win adapted screenplay which i'm happy women talking deserve that that's true all quiet yeah. on the western front international feature um original score all quiet on the western front mm-hmm. cinematography all quiet on the western front like editing everything everywhere like it's just I'll, it's just yeah it I remember I said the same thing at the end of the night I just said something along the lines of I feel like it, I feel like the show is a lot more engaging when you there's actually some sort of like genuine curiosity mm-hmm. as to what might win yeah but I feel like going into in this ceremony I pretty much knew all I pretty much knew everything ever all at once was going to win everything it was nominated mm-hmm. for because people think that is the greatest movie since the beginning of time, which I don't understand. <laughs> um, and then all quiet on the Western front. I think a lot of us saw that coming too, based off of mm-hmm. just as the award season was going on, it just kept garnering and garnering more and more. And I was like, well, all right, here we go. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely yeah. I definitely agree with you and I expressed the same sentiment last night of I feel like it would have just been a lot more I wish that there had been more representation across the board in terms of the winners. But that being said, I will say that I was very inspired last night because a lot of the people that won were people that had never won before. Mm. Whereas I feel like, because I was looking at, oh, well, is Steven Spielberg going to win Best Director because the Academy loves Steven Spielberg? Or is Kate Blanchett going to win Actress because the Academy loves Kate Blanchett? Or, and I'm not saying those people don't mm-hmm. deserve to win. I, right. I mean, Kate Blanchett is one right. of my favorite actors of all time. But there definitely was a sense of like, no, we're going to we're going to give this to Brendan Fraser. We're going to give this to Michelle Yeoh. We're going to give this to the Daniels. Like mm-hmm. I feel like well, famously out of the 20 acting nominees, isn't something like 16 of them first time acting nominees? Like that is yeah. an insane number. But um, it's it's not just acting either. Like the guy who won best editing said that it was his second film. Wow. You know, so it's, it's the act. It was just across the board. And then, um, I don't know. I found that to be very inspiring. And it mm-hmm. also gave me hope for the future of the Academy of, okay, they're actually going to start. I mean, who knows? Because <laughs> every time something happens and I just think this gives me hope for next year and right, then it doesn't, right. but it does give me some sort of hope that maybe they will start broadening Mm -hmm. who's going to win. It's not just going to be, Oh, because you're Steven Spielberg, you're automatically going to win, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Which, although I will say Steven Spielberg nominated and won far fewer than you would expect for someone of his stature. Um, But in general, yeah, a hundred percent agree with you. Um, yeah, and, and this is, is not me saying that yeah. Steven Spielberg is a <laughs> just bad director say, like, if by Steven, any means. <laughs> like, I bow down to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> he's a legend. I mean, yeah. he he's the reason why so many filmmakers exist and why so many film mm-hmm. techniques exist. He's one of the best blocking. To, like, right. I love Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think I, yeah. I'm glad that it wasn't something where, oh, he's just winning because he's Steven right. Spielberg, you right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And especially considering, like, you know, um, the past 10 years, um, particularly, although, you know, these complaints have existed since the beginning of the, the film industry because they 
they've had a reason to exist, you know, there's been increasing awareness of how white the the Oscars are, how white the nominees are, how white just Hollywood is in general, and how it's male still pretty white. and how yeah <laughs> absolutely but you know there have been concerted efforts over the last few years to change that and you know it's not enough <laughs> you know I it mean, needs to continue I, but it is nice to see that like there has at least been a tiny bit of incremental progress and i really hope that this trend you know yeah. maybe i'm being too optimistic but i i mean i really think there's been progress and i hope that this progress continues because it needs to continue i don't i actually don't think that this Oscars was very diverse at all. I think that it was diverse in the fact that all um that everything everywhere all at once has a lot of Asian people in it, mm-hmm. but outside of everything everywhere all at once, it's overwhelmingly white. Oh, like yeah. there's no I mean you have Black Panther in a few categories I guess, but you know, where's Nope? Where's The Women King? Where's RRR? Where mm-hmm. like there were so many other fantastic movies that came out that featured people of color. And I feel like if you look at this list outside of All Quiet on the Western Front, all of this is predominantly mm-hmm. white people. So I think that it, it seemed more diverse than it was because everything everywhere all at once won everything yeah. everywhere all at once. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I don't um, disagree with you. I'm just saying, like, I think what we have now is something that would have been, you know, something we would not have had 10 years ago. And I'm hoping that 10 years from now, you know, we'll have made even more progress that would seem unthinkable now. That's my yeah. hope. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll see. Ugh. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to go into like, well, I mean, maybe we could, I, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, because part of me is like, I want to go into, but no, we were for the record, Jeeve and I were going to do an episode a few weeks back after mm-hmm. the nominees came out, but we couldn't do it because I think my work schedule was super hectic at the time and I couldn't fit it into my schedule because part of me is like, I want to go into mm-hmm. who we think the snubs are and who should have been nominated. Oh, yeah. But I feel like if we do that, this episode is going to be four hours long. So, yeah. well, why don't we at the end, why don't, when we're done talking about the actual ceremony, we could just shout out a couple of um, particular, okay. cool. you know, honorable mentions of things that were it particularly yeah. egregious or, or that we wanted people to consider. Yeah. Cause the reason that came to my mind is because I think that there were lots of people of color this year mm-hmm. that should have been nominated in acting roles in cinematography yeah. roles, in directing roles, in writing roles mm-hmm. that were not nominated. And yeah. they were, in my opinion, better than a lot of the people that were nominated on this list. Mm-hmm. Not that the people that are on this list are not talented. I mean, all of them have made things that are far more successful than anything I've made and probably will ever make. <laughs> but, um, you know, no disrespect to these people, yeah. but it's, I'm just talking about the Academy in general and, mm-hmm. and who they choose to award and nominate and, and all of that. But that's yeah. more of a criticism of the Academy than anything else. Yeah. But yep. yeah. Yeah. But this is Makes known. Sense. This is a well-known yep. fact. That, you know, <laughs> we have been talking about this for knows. a long time. We will <laughs> continue to talk about it for a long time. <laughs> But, um, yeah, well, can I just mention one thing before we jump into the categories oh, that's please. just kind of show related? Lady Gaga's performance was freaking weird. <laughs> it was weird. I love Lady Gaga. I've yeah. been a fan of her for a very long time. Mm-hmm. She's I great. Think yeah. She's one of the most talented people alive. I think she's very kind hearted. I think she's a phenomenal artist. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of the weird stuff that she does. 
Her perf- her whole setup yesterday was freaking weird. I was like, <laughs> what? I get that you're going for the no makeup thing, and I like that. But also, why are you asking for these extreme close-ups of your face <laughs> while you're getting up and moving the ra- moving around and the camera can't follow yeah. you? And it's, it's like she it wanted to recreate the magic of her performance um, with Bradley Cooper when they perform the uh, shallow from a star is born remember how you know the camera was very up close and intimate for that but it but that song is a good song i feel like i feel like hold my hand is not a very good song and i'm like you know you're performing this song which is for top gun maverick like this is not the vibe of the movie that this song comes from i and to be clear i adore top gun maverick it's one of my favorite films of the year but this is just such a strange choice for this particular movie it's a very strange choice and i also don't think it's that good of a song but that's just yeah it's not my favorite song from that movie um anyway yeah, I just thought it was weird. Lady Gaga gave this whole... I mean, she's known to be a very dramatic... Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's one of the things thespian. we love her for is her sort of yeah. extreme theater kid like, energy. I wrote this song and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, the song She's like, really this is a very is personal not. song. Why? You know, yeah. anyway. But I just yeah. wanted to mention that because it was weird. And I was like, this is uncomfortable <laughs> and this is very long. They need to stop. Yeah. Um, well, just going along with the best song performances... Um, I had not heard the song from everyone, every, like everyone, everywhere, everything, everywhere. Uh-huh. And like, uh, obviously I'd seen the movie, um, but I had not heard it in the, outside the context of the movie. Did, did, was that performance kind of bad to you? Was I just not no, hearing it right? Were I they like it. extremely out of tune? Because I that's absolutely what it loved everything about that performance. Really? It was it was weird, but in the best way. Because oh, they sounded it felt so very odd. Like, it they felt sounded like, like they hadn't rehearsed in the same room together. Like they sounded so. No, that was out of tune. That was in my obviously. I don't know any of this for a fact, but in my opinion, that was what it was supposed to be. It was supposed mm. to be this kind of trippy, otherworldly, what dimension are we in type of performance that was super out there. Because if you think about it, the singing was kind of weird and then the dancing yeah. was weird and the costumes were weird. I loved it. Okay. I, I thought it was fantastic. All right. Well, glad you did. <laughs> it was like an it was like an art an art show or some sort of perform- yeah. artistic I mean, to be clear, I love you know, loved Stephanie Hsu, loved David Byrne, loved the the costumes and the lighting and everything they gave it. I just, it sounded like the two of them could not hear each other and were on slightly <laughs> different keys. And it's like, it's like someone trying to perform a great song, but the piano has not been tuned. That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah. I mean, I so, think it, well, glad it, I think glad it, it sounded like that, but in, in the best way possible. Okay. I liked it. Okay. But I also haven't been on Twitter, so I don't know how other people are receiving it. You're you're on Twitter, I'm not, so I don't know if you're if you're with the masses or if you're against the masses. I don't know. Yeah, I I think I saw a few tweets um, saying what I'm saying, but I don't think there was a whole lot of. There are other things that people were tweeting about <laughs> that night. I feel like I feel like the the world. Mm-hmm. in this current moment and has been for months i feel like if anyone has any sort of criticism of everything everywhere all at once they don't talk about it because oh. they feel like they're going to be attacked because people who disagree with that opinion with the overall opinion of everything everywhere all at once they do get attacked because i'm a victim <laughs> of that oh, no. um but 
Yeah, people yeah. like, you're wrong. How dare you? This is the best movie ever and it changed my life and you're blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you must be closed-minded and a bigot. And I'm like, how is not thinking this is unarguably the best movie ever made? How does that make me a, a bigot? I don't understand, but okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to just, because mm-hmm. I'm looking at my list right here from, this is just my ballot. Okay. Um. Yeah, do you want to thinking mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe we could just like move up through the list that I'm looking at starting mm-hmm. with So we've got so the first one is visual effects. Um and so Avatar won this one and yeah. it beat oh, out All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther and Top Gun. Avatar deserved to win. I feel like we all agree with that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the accomplishment of that movie is the visuals it just yeah. is they that's, created that's a whole the primary draw of that film technology for that film and it they made fake whales look real which <laughs> is just mm-hmm. insane to me um yeah so then we've got sound after that uh top gun maverick one mm. over elvis the batman avatar the way of water and all quiet on the western front i voted for top gun maverick to win so i was correct um so yeah. those are two that i got right happy did you that. also vote for top gun maverick um, for sound i don't rem- you know i um the ballot that i filled out was a an online ballot and i oh, okay. didn't save it so okay. don't actually know what my predictions were i can't remember if i went for that or if i went for elvis um okay it was between the two for me and yeah i'm perfectly happy with um i mean like I said, Top Gun Maverick was one of my favorite films of the year. I'm very glad, glad that it got something <laughs> since obviously yeah. I wasn't really going to get anything else. Um, I do it with Elvis. I absolutely, I really like Elvis and I love in particular the musical design for it, but it's, I don't, I'm not as, I'm not as informed enough about sound to know if what I love about Elvis musically would fall into the sound category or would fall into the score mm-hmm. category or would fall into mm-hmm. a kind of in-between category that is not, you know, neither, neither nor basically. Um, or maybe you just like Elvis's music. <laughs> oh, I, I do. I do. I mean, w- one of the things I love about Elvis is there's this long sequence in um, the first 30, 40 minutes of the movie that's introducing Elvis and is cutting between um, Tom Hanks explaining the idea of Basically, Elvis is where he came from, you know, his history as a child, and it's cutting between him as a child, and he's experiencing these two very different um, sort of um, experiences of music. And so it's cutting between um, these two different singers as they're, you know, singing, and it's two very different vibes, and then it's cutting between the present and as um, Elvis is preparing to go on, and Tom Hanks is narrating, and it's just... The way that all of those that sounds, sounds like, and musical that sounds like cues. editing sounds like editing. Yeah, sound. yeah, it's editing, but it's like so much of it is not just the visual; it's the oral experience of it because mm-hmm. it's this a little snatch of music and then some words and then a little snatch of a different type of mm-hmm. music and then some more words and sometimes they're layered on top of each other and so it it it's partially visual, it's also partially auditory, and mm-hmm. it's just it's so well done. And I don't know what exactly what category that would go under whether that Mm -hmm. is specifically editing or whether that is also editing and sound but anyway it's really good um 
Yeah. I, I think I really like Elvis. I think that's when we get into the difference between which they no longer have because mm. I think people were confused. Right. But that's when you get into the difference between sound mixing and sound design. Yeah. Um, that's a good and point. And I think what you're talking about is more so sound mixing, but okay. not sound design. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of that and kind of transitioning into editing, mm. uh, one of my friends who was at the party last night, he actually predicted for Elvis to win best editing because he he was just saying how the editing in that movie is so strong mm-hmm. um, and is. there were a couple other people that agreed that the editing was really really good but at the same time he was the only one who voted for Elvis because the rest of us were like it has yeah. to be everything everywhere because the way mm-hmm. that you know she, that Michelle Yeoh does one movement and then the screen cracks into multiple things and then she's moving from one to, you know, it, the editing had to be everything everywhere all yeah. at once. And I think that it does deserve that Oscar yeah. this year. I, th- I think the editing was the best I that I saw. Elvis and Everything Everywhere are both in that category of most editing, which is not to say that they're bad. I think they are both examples of great editing. Um, it's just they're both in that very the movies overall are both in that very maximalist style that in- involves a lot of editing. So I could have seen it go gone, I- going either way, but um, with the sweep of everything everywhere overall, it's not surprising that that's where it went. Yeah. I mean, Baz Luhrmann, he, he's been nominated for best, well, not him personally, cause he's not the editor, but his films have been nominated several times for best editing. Mm-hmm. I remember, I don't think it won, but I know Moulin Rouge was nominated and it freaking deserved mean, to win. The editing in that movie that it didn't- is insane win. yeah it might have won i i don't think it did though but i know it was definitely nominated geneva's gonna fact check that for us i'm fact checking that for us as we speak i mean my heart hopes that it won but i feel like it didn't i know they, um, they never all right moulin rouge did win two oscars let's see what they oh, won for did it win best editing no best Dang. costume design and best art direction um, Oh, okay very well deserved but yes it was nominated it for best for sure. film editing but it did not win yeah should have won unfortunate but it's okay the film lives on um okay so uh this is another movie that so speaking of elvis Mm -hmm. i actually this is a really hard category for me either makeup and hairstyling but i did vote Mm -hmm. for elvis to win because i thought it might um because i thought that people might be a little bit sometimes you get bored with the prosthetics so like we get it it's a prosthetic blah Mm -hmm. move on so I honestly didn't expect the will to win makeup and hairstyling. I voted for Elvis, but then I said that the one that I wanted to win was Black Panther. Mm. Um, but ultimately it was the whale. So what did you think about that category? Yeah, I've not seen the whale. I There were a lot of negative reactions in my Twitter feed and also in the room with me to the whale's win for that. Um, I know there's a lot of animosity out there toward the movie and its depiction of obesity and the fact that the the movie is winning for um basically a a fat suit prosthetic which is something that is you know kind of looked at in a not great um light i think in the in the year of our lord 2023 um so yeah i'm not crazy about that win overall but i i haven't seen the film so i i don't feel like i can comment too specifically on it i would have loved to see elvis win um i also would have loved to see i mean i think the batman had really good makeup and hairstyling um black panther certainly did as well so 
Yeah, I, I, I don't have too strong feelings about that category. Okay. Yeah, I was surprised that that the will won. Um, I the will is not my favorite movie of the year, but I will say I do think that it is receiving a lot of criticism that it doesn't mm. actually did deserve you, oh, to receive. I, I don't think I'd realize that you'd seen it. Oh yeah, I or saw maybe it. You did talk about it, and I forgot. Yeah, I think we talked about it at one point. Um, okay. but I don't know if we did on the podcast. But yeah, I. I have certain issues with the movie, but it's not the same issues as, as everyone else. Okay. I don't, in my personal opinion, I do not think the movie is fat phobic at all. Um, but you know, it's fine for people to disagree with that. Um, my issues with, with the movie have a lot more to do with just Darren Aronofsky and the way that he writes and, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, I... You've yeah. seen a lot more Darren Aronofsky films than I have. Um, yeah, actually, I think I I've seen... I think I've seen three. I've seen The Whale, I've seen Mother, and I've seen <laughs> Black Swan. I don't Did know... Did you see The Wrestler? No. Okay. I had no interest in watching The Wrestler. Um, Did you see but, Noah? Yeah. No, Noah? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Did anyone see Noah? I mean, come on. Now that we're um, saying that, I don't think I've seen any Darren Aronofsky films. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think he definitely, and, and I've told you this before. I Actually, no, we did talk about The Whale, because I remember telling you this. Darren Aronofsky has, in my opinion, made it very clear with his filmography that he very strongly hates God. We did talk and about this. Yes, I, do I think that this. it's a really interesting concept, but I also think that sometimes he communicates it in a way that is so just like beating you over the head with what he's trying to say that mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I get it. Stop. <laughs> Calm down. Okay. And um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't want to make this a whole whale podcast, but um, maybe we should do that at some point. But yeah, I I was I was a bit shocked that it won makeup and hairstyling, yeah. but I'm not like whatever. I think that all of the other categories deserved it more, but that's fine. Yeah. Um okay, let's get on to a category that Geneva loves, which is costume design. Yay. I mean, we all love costume design, but I feel like Geneva is particularly invested in yes. it. Yes, yeah. Um so this, so actually Black Panther Wakanda Forever won Best Costume Design. It did. Um, yes. Which I'll let is you go the, first on what you think about that. Yeah. So this is the actually second win for Ruth Carter, uh, Ruth Carter for costume design. She won for the original um, Black Panther. And I saw some statistics that this is the, I believe, first time that a black woman has won two Oscars, which is just an insane and very sad statistic but I'm very happy for her um I will say I'm really not crazy about the costumes in Black Panther um, Wakanda Forever um I think some of them are really gorgeous I really love the um the the uh, costumes for the funeral procession which is a very prominent um part of the visuals of the the story it was featured in the trailers the uh, all the the characters are wearing these beautiful um white gowns um uh, during this funeral procession and it's very striking but the um my brother and I were talking about this the other night the actual superhero costumes in this movie and you know maybe this is not this is actually kind of just a marvel um standard at this point so I probably actually shouldn't be putting this on Ruth Carter who's obviously extremely talented um 
the actual superhero costumes in this movie are very um, mediocre overall. And I wasn't crazy about the costuming for the villain Namor and his um, uh, the the people of his kingdom. I forget what they're called. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit mixed. I felt like a lot of what I really love about the costuming in this movie is sort of visual elements that were established in the first and are kind of carried over. Um, and a lot of the new elements I wasn't crazy about with the exception of that funeral, um, scene. Um, I would have loved to see, I mean, Elvis, again, I really like, I did really like the costumes in that one because it's, you know, it's taking a very, um, uh, you know, this cultural iconography of Elvis, you know, everyone knows what, how Elvis dresses, but it's sort of stylizing it to, um, fit the narrative, the movie's narrative about Elvis, you know, in the, in certain scenes, he is wearing these gorgeous, um, sort of satiny suits that are pink and there's lace and, you know, there's this blurring of masculine and feminine, which is, as far as I know, not strictly accurate to the era or to what he actually wore, but is um, really helping to establish what the movie is doing in terms of Elvis as this figure who kind of blurs the line between masculine and feminine in this way that was just absolutely astonishing and bizarre, you know, for this 1950s cultural context and, you know, why he was just so, you know, just shaking up everything and, and causing people causing so much of um an uproar uh, i really thought those were well done um i loved <laughs> i mean mrs harris goes to paris is a movie it's literally about costume design <laughs> and a lot I of feel the, like it was kind of like phantom thread a little bit in, in the in the look in terms of in terms of the movie is kind of about the wardrobe, mm-hmm. which means that the wardrobe in and of itself is just going to be phenomenal yeah but i feel like <laughs> because I feel like a lot of times those movies don't win because it's like, it's not exotic enough or it's mm-hmm. not really yeah. showy. It's like, well, no, with the Mrs. Harris, is just, yeah, the well, costumes with, are just beautiful. With Mrs. Harris, I mean, one thing that might have crippled it a little bit is that a lot of the most prominent costumes in the movie are just recreations of actual Dior looks. Um, so I feel you're, like that's true with Elvis, though. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's probably something that crippled Elvis as well. But I, with Mrs. Harris, I mean, there are some original looks that they're creating, such as the actual dresses, which um, inspire Mrs. Harris to take her trip to Paris and the, the dresses that she has designed for her um, while she's there. And the, the costume design for her and her, her working class friends back in London is really good. So, yeah, I just thought the costume design is that is, for that was good. Um, honestly, the costume design for Everything Everywhere All at Once was really good, too. You know, I wanted costumes, that to win. Costume design for, um, you know, there, there's the really out there costumes that the Stephanie Shu character is wearing. But then even just the, the costumes that Michelle Yeoh is wearing during her everyday life, like costume design for characters who are set in a contemporary world and are wearing ordinary things are they're so important and they're often not appreciated enough. Babylon, I have not seen. You haven't seen it, so say nothing. From what I've seen, I'm not impressed, you but I don't want to judge. It, so, say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I will just say it does not suit my standards of historical accuracy, and I'm not impressed with the license that they took, but again, I have not seen. So no, anyway, those I... are my rambling thoughts about costume design. 
Yeah, I'll just say for that category that I I do actually think that Everything Everywhere All at Once deserved to win that category. Mm-hmm. I think that they had the best costumes. But I also will say, speaking of snubs, I do think that the Woman King was snubbed here. I think the Woman Ooh. King should have been nominated for costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just my own personal opinion. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Nope, among the many things that Nope was smu- snub- uh, snubbed for, um, that had really you think phenomenal. That nope deserved a nomination for costume design. Honestly, I've seen. I was saw the argument made on a costume design blog that I follow, and I found it hard to deny. Like it is really good. Again, contemporary set costumes are that establish the characters and are visually distinct are not appreciated enough. So, Geneva, I feel like your perspective on Nope is very similar. <laughs> To, or at least I, I feel like it's very similar to my perspective of RRR of yeah. like you watch Nope and you think this should have been nominated in every single category <laughs> that <true>. exists <laughs> and I'm like I mean the movie's good but come on would you have nominated RRR for costume design no <laughs> oh oh RRR yeah. no well I mean I feel like that's a little bit more complex because it's sure. it's a different culture. And so I feel like their clothes, it's like as an American, I don't know the difference between Indian clothing and Indian costumes. So I feel like culturally, right. I don't really feel comfortable saying that mm-hmm. um, because I just, I don't, yeah. I don't know what for them is normal clothing and what isn't yeah. um, and what's historical and what's modern. I just, I don't know. I have no context for that. Um, but... Anyway, yeah, I just think that yeah. that's that's funny because I think Nope is a good movie, but I also think that it it's definitely not perfect and I think it has a lot of problems and I think that I think it was snubbed in certain categories, but I think that you think it should have been nominated in For like everything. nine categories everything. and I'm like, I mean, maybe two. Should have swept. Maybe three. <laughs> no, I, I would say three. I think it deserved it. For, I think it deserved to win cinematography, actually. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that, uh, and I think that um, uh, Kiki Palmer should have been nominated for supporting actress. Mm. And um, I think that it should have been nominated for sound design. I think their sound design yep. is incredible. Um, even though sound design no longer exists, it's just sound, but uh, they they had really great sound design. Um, leaving out but screenplay Geneva, get and in- direction, and all right, we'll, we'll, no. we'll get into it. Uh, sc- screenplay, absolutely not. The, absolutely. the screenplay is is the weakest link in that movie, in Disagree. my opinion, because it falls <laughs> apart the more you think about it. Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. Uh, okay. Actually, speaking of cinematography, yeah. let's go on to cinematography. All right, let's do it. Um, so this was won by All Quiet on the Western Front. I. Okay, so full disclosure, I have not seen All Quiet on the Western Front. It's kind of, sometimes I go on protests. Sometimes they're for reasons that are legitimate. Sometimes it's just because Tatum wants to protest because she (laughs) wants to protest. I'm not watching All Quiet on the Western Front because I'm just choosing to protest because I want to protest. Because I think you put it really well when you said you to All Quiet on the Western Front this year is me to Babylon. Just kind of. Wait, what? What do you mean? When did I say that? Didn't you say that? I feel like you said that off mic. Did I just say that? No. It was just like your refusal to watch All Quiet is my refusal to watch Babylon this year. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to think. Wow. If I said that, I don't remember saying it. Um, But yeah, like for me, All Quiet on the Western Front, the 1930 film, I think is a perfect film. I really love that movie. And it, 
I, there are a lot of people that are watching this most recent All Quiet on the Western Front and they have not seen the 1930 version. And this movie gives them, in my opinion, an excuse to not watch it. Because they're like, why would I watch that one if this one now exists? And it's in color and it's fast paced and it's got action and is it da da So why would I go watch that? And I'm like, because movies from the 1930s can be good, guys. Yes, agreed. <laughs> it doesn't have to be made in the 21st century for it to be good. Like, All Quiet on the Western Front, made in 1930, is one of the biggest accomplishments in cinema that's ever happened, in my opinion. So that that's my little protest. All that being said, cinematography, All Quiet on the Western Front won Best Cinematography um even though i haven't seen the movie i feel like in my opinion um i I think that nope should have won this but it wasn't even nominated Mm -hmm. um i think batman was also snubbed for this um top gun maverick has really good cinematography as well um i think there's i think that of what's nominated tar should have won i think tar other than nope had the best cinematography of the entire year i was gorgeous away absolutely blown away so yeah yeah did you see um, i'm upset about that one did you end up seeing bardo or empire of light i did see bardo i have not seen empire of light uh because honestly the only reason i want to see it is for the cinematography but i haven't gotten around to it um but yeah bardo was a movie where the cinematography was phenomenal Mm -hmm. i think i think it was very very good i think that i think it deserved to be nominated um it was very impressive it had very unique camera lenses and wide angle choices that are very uncommon um, mm-hmm. because the movie is so dreamlike and so I think that it's it's always cool to see how cinematographers choose to capture a dreamlike experience with a camera and uh, I liked the cinematography in Bardo um, but I don't think it deserved to win which it didn't uh, All Quiet on the Western Front did which I don't think it deserved even though I haven't seen it but um <laughs> So, you know, I can't necessarily speak to that. But I do yeah. think that Tar and Nope were just yeah. absolute accomplishments. All Quiet on the Western Front, it it looks beautiful, um, which can in some ways be a criticism of a war movie. Um, I mean, it, it definitely has, you know, <laughs> it feels a little bit... It, it reminds me of 1917 in certain ways, which, I mean, it's just the aesthetics of any sort of beautifully shot, world war one set movie they're probably going to remind you a lot of 1917 there are some really stunning looking sequences there's one sequence in particular there's a battle in which um the soldiers confront first tanks and then flamethrowers and i will say the way that those are shot and this is not just cinematography this also has to do with the the sound design and the um the the use of editing and direction and things like that. Um, but they managed to make tanks look absolutely petrifying. Like you have never, I have never considered how mind breaking it would be if you, you know, five years ago people were fighting on horseback and all of a sudden this gigantic monster made out of metal is like running you down and trying to crush you, you know? So it's well shot in those sorts of ways you know there's some really beautiful and also very disturbing images that um i think do really well within that movie i still have very mixed feelings about that movie overall but there are some really stunning sequences in it and um i think the cinematography plays a large role in that with all of that being said i still think tar should have won Mm -hmm. yeah 
And also, you mentioned it, which reminded me of this. I also think another reason, which is probably completely nonsensical, but it's the way that my brain works. I feel like another reason that I'm probably temporarily protesting All Quiet on the Western Front is that it bothers me that a lot of people criticized 1917 and thought it was overrated. And then when All Quiet on the Western Front is made, people are like praising it and it's winning all of these awards. (laughs) I'm like, yes, they're different stories, but also... Why is one considered to be cheesy and bad and overrated? And then the other one is just being praised and winning everything. I don't get it. Tatum Um, and I are united and really loving 1917. I I think that movie is fantastic. I see the criticisms. It's not that I don't see them, but I think that... The, the, six, yes, they're wrong. Like, the ways in which the movie succeeds far outweigh the very mm. minimal complaints that people raise <laughs> against it but whatever um let's just briefly talk about original song because i think the rest of the songs are kind of like eh, all right yeah but we got to talk about not do not Yay! do because the it's the only choice representation one. that Your my beloved. film rrr got at the 2023 <laughs> 95th Oscars ceremony I will say me and my brother my younger brother I forced him to stand up and do the dance with me the entire performance and in (laughs) front of my friends in front of my family that were at my party me and my brother did this whole dance and I realized I've not only watched this movie so many times (laughs) I've watched this YouTube clip so many times Uh, that I knew the exact choreography of quite literally the entire dance (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I really wish someone had been there to film you. <laughs> I maybe someone did and they're holding on to it for blackmail. I don't honestly it wouldn't be blackmail though. I'm proud of it. No. Um yeah. but yeah, I'm very thrilled that they got to perform. Yeah. I'm very thrilled that they won. And I actually know several people that after that performance were like, Oh, I feel like I want to watch that movie now. And I'm like, Okay. Oh good. If it gets more people watching it, even if it didn't win any of the things that it should have won at least people know what it is now that didn't previously and they might go watch it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like this is just the most unambiguous. This was the correct choice out of all those other choices. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. 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 But hands down. What else could it have been? Seriously. Yeah. So next we have original score in this one. I was really kind of. I didn't know who to vote for here. I didn't know who was going to win. And I also didn't know which one I wanted to win, which I thought was interesting. Of course, All Quiet on the Western Front won, which me and my cousin, who was, who was at the party with us, she was, we all, it ended up becoming this running joke of like, you know, it, it ironically wins this this film score. That's probably very good. But every single time the film wins anything throughout the show, they're playing the same like, and we were marking on that too. Just the yeah. same ominous three notes, which honestly, I'm just it's thinking, such a poor choice because it, it starts to make you feel anxious every time that well, movie wins anything, which is not what you want to feel if you want I'm like just, people to go watch your movie. I'm just imagining the composer being like, I compose this entire score that is good enough to win an Oscar for best original score. And you're just playing this same like three notes over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> Poor guy. I um, know. Granted, they're they're 
they're pretty good three notes for a World War One movie, but like, uh, but I on. mean, come on, yeah. So I I did end up voting for Babylon here mm. um, because I do think that Babylon has a very very good score. But like yeah. I said, I wasn't really, I don't think I would have been upset or excited if any of these had lost or won. And I'm normally super into film scores and really invested in them, mm. but this year I was kind of like none of these really stood out to me all that much except for Babylon I haven't seen all quite on your front so I don't know that score but the yeah. other ones I know yeah I would I actually would love to go back and listen to the Banshees of Inisherin score because hmm. I don't remember it very well um yeah I'd listened to a little bit of the Fableman's back um I think I may have listened to a little bit of everything everywhere again um Babylon is really the one that it, i did not see Babylon, but I listened to the score, and and that's the one that stuck out to me, to me the most. So, yeah, I would have been. Yeah, happy I texted one of them to, to you. I texted the yeah, and then the I went welcome and song from Babylon. It's good. To you. It's really good. It's so good. It's like chaotic jazz, but mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> Which is um, a, a favorite uh, genre of musical genre yes. of mine. So, okay. So before we move on, I do just want to say say mm-hmm. no shame to documentary filmmakers or people who make short films Mm. those are incredible accomplishments they are very difficult to make congratulations to all of you even though none of you are listening but because your but because your movies are very hard to access and be (laughs) able to watch i don't know where to find you i don't know how to watch you and see you unfortunately we're jumping over your categories because i can't you're not in the theater you're not you know i can't watch you so i'm sorry um so all that being said let's go to animated feature um geneva how many of these had you seen um had you seen any of them zero okay gotcha yeah, yeah. i me, have sorry s- i'm just looking up the list and double checking that i'm not wrong but i'm pretty sure pretty sure i saw zero this year yep that's correct yeah I've seen Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I've seen Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, and I've seen The Sea Beast. Mm. Um, yeah, I I've think heard that... really good things about pretty much everything in this category. Mm-hmm. I I think that Pinocchio should have won just because of the feat of the stop motion animation that they mm-hmm. accomplished. It's pretty incredible. They've got some behind the scenes featurettes on um, Netflix as well as YouTube. And I mean, so much hard work and time Mm. went into making that film. And so I think even though I might have gone with other animated features as far as the storyline, I think just because of the craft that went into making that movie, it it had to win because it's just so much hard work and labor. Mm -hmm. Um, So congrats to that whole team. Yeah. Um. So let's go to international feature, did which we, does not go ahead. Did we talk about production design or were you saving that? I thought we did. Did we not? Did I skip that? <gasps> I think we, we might have it. skipped it. Sorry. Let's go back to production design. Yeah, no worries. I mean, it's another all quiet on the Western front win. Um, yeah, it is. Which 1917 won production design. Did it not? No, it didn't. And I was pissed about it. Oh. I remember being absolutely livid that 1917 did not win production design. Which, again, gets back to my point of why is All's Quiet, All Quiet on the Western Front winning everything in 1917 won literally nothing except cinematography. No, it, it also won visual effects and sound mixing. But you're right. It did 1917 not, did? It did, yeah. It should have won freaking production design. it did not design. win production design. It yeah. should have won production design. Yeah. 
yeah. as a set dresser, do you have any idea how much work? Go- because the, here's the difference. Putting I feel all like those the difference between. Parts and, yeah. I feel like the difference between All Quiet on the Western Front, which granted is a movie I haven't seen, and 1917 is that in 19 in both places you have to build the trenches, you have mm-hmm. to put up the barbed wire, which is so much work. Yep. In both cases, you have to do that. But in 1917, you also have to create certain like ways for the cameras to pass through because mm-hmm. it's a one take. It's so much and more restricted because so, it's all yeah. measured by the, the motions of the camera and the actors. So it's like we can have a, a whole fence here and a whole trench here, but how do we design it and then build it in such a way that a camera can move through it and make it seem seamless? You know, I just, anyway, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to go on and on about 1917 yeah. and how it was snubbed, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, as someone who's worked um, in or adjacent to production design for a long time, what are your sort of unfiltered thoughts? For this year? On, mm-hmm. um, I. I actually voted for Babylon. Um, I think, I think that the Babylon production design was incredible. It, it, yeah, it was very, very good. I loved how it captured all of these different environments that existed in the 1920s. I do agree with you that the costumes in that movie were not necessarily, they didn't necessarily feel like they were of the time, but the production design and the sets, I feel like they really were. And so they had, high budget movies they had low budget movies they had big you know flamboyant academy parties they had small little drug dens they had little little um like mexican american tiny little uh homes and I, I just it was so i loved how it could be so grand and huge and beautiful but then also really tiny and simple but each each of those places tell a story just based off of how they look and how they're painted and how they're, you know, I just, I really, I really admired the production design in Babylon a lot. So that was my choice to win. Um, and I actually, that wasn't just what I wanted to win. I thought it actually would win. So I selected it, um, but it didn't. So yeah, I, I personally find the concept of production design for Avatar The Way of Water to be extremely difficult to comprehend. I was confused because, about that as well. Because you don't really know what is production design and what isn't. I'm like, isn't yeah. all of it it's visual effect? Animated. Like, yeah. It, so it was just hard to, like, I know they built little nets and stuff that they would walk on, but I just feel like that was such a, I feel mm. like you have to be in the industry and a part of that production to even know what the production design <laughs> was. But as a viewer, I was like, I don't know what the production design even is because I don't know what's real and what's not. So I can't vote for it because um, I don't understand it. I haven't seen Elvis, so I don't know. Um, the Fablemans, I, that production design, I, I don't. It, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's houses of the period. It's yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think I think it should have been Babylon out of what's been nominated. Uh. But again, I haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front. But if 1917 didn't win, then why does it? <laughs> um. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say All Quiet does not have substantially different than what you would see from 1917, with the exception of um. There are some. Uh, very different environments in which we're seeing politicians negotiating the armistice. So there is at least like a little bit of variety in terms of, you know, there are spots that are away from the front that are being produced. But yeah, I, 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 
you make a very compelling case for Babylon. Um, I don't know that I would have voted for All Quiet over really any of the other contenders. Um, yeah. Except maybe Avatar, because we don't even know <laughs> what that is. <laughs> um, yeah. But, okay, so yeah. let's go to international feature, uh, of mm-hmm. which RRR is not present. Boo. Just need to say that. Yeah. And um, All Quiet for me is the only one I've seen. I know you've seen at least three of these, possibly I've more. S- I have seen three of them. Yes, I've seen. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I've only seen two of them because I haven't seen All Quiet. So I I've seen you Close. Saw, you just saw I've Argentina. Seen, nine, oh, right. Because you didn't see All Quiet. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. So I saw Argentina, yeah. 1985, and Close. Okay. Um, I selected All Quiet on the Western Front. I knew it was going to win. Um, I mean, but yeah. I wanted Close to <laughs> win. I really, win really blowing. wanted Close to win. That was one of my... I think mm-hmm. that was my number four film of the year. Um, but yeah, I'm assuming you selected All Quiet on the Western Front, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I would have been an idiot not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's probably some listeners like, what, you calling me an idiot? Like, I'm sorry. This is um, predicting what would win, not what we wanted to right. win, to be clear. Right. Okay, so yeah, that's a pretty easy one when we've already talked about All Quiet on the Western Front a lot. So let's go to Adapted Screenplay. Um. I voted for Women Talking. I thought it was going to win. I also wanted it to win, so I'm glad it did. Uh, the on another ongoing joke at our Oscars party was what the crap is Top Gun Maverick adapted from? Adapted <laughs> from the first movie? Like what? The sequ- is there a yeah. Top Gun Maverick book? Like what's going on? Sequels are always adapted. That's they why. Are? Um, that's what. That's why Glass Onion is also adapted screenplay because oh, they're basically adapting from the characters in the first film. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a huh. weird, weird rule that they have. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. But I mean, also, honestly. The screenplay in Top Gun Maverick yeah. is not that good, but whatever. Um, actually, I was about to say, of these oh, nominees, uh, I, and I have not seen Living, um, so I can't comment on that. But of these nominees, honestly, I would have chosen Top Gun Maverick just because I think, you know, I mean, I think the dialogue in Top Gun Maverick is fine. It's serviceable. But I think, you know, writing a screenplay is more than just dialogue. It is in large part also pacing and um, structure and doling out exposition and creating character backstory and developing relationships. And I think that that screenplay actually does all of those things really, really well. You know, I think those are a huge piece of why people connected to it people myself included (laughs) connected to it so strongly over the past years because it actually I think does a really good job of creating compelling characters and creating a lot of suspense and um, being exciting and emotional and I think a lot of those come from the writing not all of it does I mean a lot of it is also just the acting and I think it's very well directed but I think part of it comes from the writing so and I I mean I have a lot of issues with the all quiet screenplay as an adaptation of the book um I don't think Glass Onion is nearly as strong as the first Knives Out movie was Women Talking I I'm glad that it won but I kind of had issues with that movie as well. And I don't know, I would have to, I feel like I would need to read the book to really understand whether my issues stem from the way that it was adapted. I know a lot of them are, are more with the directorial choices, but 
yeah, of of those nominees, I actually would vote for for Top Gun Maverick over everything else. I knew it wasn't going to win, but um, yeah, that would that would have been my personal preference. I love that. I disagree, but I I love that. <laughs> I think you make a strong case. Thank you. Um, and I never would have thought about it that way. Um. Okay, so original screenplay. Yeah, everything wait, sorry. all at once. One. Did you have yeah. did you have any thoughts on adapted screenplay on on women talking which one or on any of the other? Oh, just curious what I, your I think I be. said briefly I voted for women talking and I wanted women talking oh, to you win. Did. Okay. Um yeah, I mean Glass Onion I didn't watch. Living I haven't seen. Top Gun Maverick, I think I already said I don't think the screenplay is very good. <laughs> you're not and, yeah, you're you're not a fan of that movie or at least not I, nearly as much. Well, as, it's not that I'm not a fan of it. I think it's an entertaining movie uh and I think that I think it's very well made. I think it's very well made. I I can see how difficult it was to make and I admire that. Um but the story itself I don't it, like yeah. it didn't connect with you the way it connected with me, and which is fine. In my opinion, the screenplay is what creates the story. So the fact that in my mind, the story is the weakest part of that film <laughs> means that I don't understand why this is nominated here. Um, but, and people, honestly, all of these things are opinions. People can disagree with mm-hmm. me. I know yep. that like, because of my personality, a lot of my opinions come across as I'm right. And I think everyone else is wrong that's not true that's just my voice and how I speak (laughs) so if anyone disagrees with me I value you your (laughs) your opinions are just as valid your arguments your points your perspectives are just as valid um I'm just passionate about my own opinions about things um but I'm willing to listen to other people's um yeah, so that's what I feel about adapted screenplay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I yeah, feel yeah. like other than... Because there weren't really that many adapted screenplays this year. No. Which I'm actually happy about. There were a lot more original things mm-hmm. that came out that were very high quality. Yeah, honestly, so original I, screenplay is an absolute just... Yes. What is the phrase? Um, I'm I'm not thinking of the phrase that I'm I thinking, but it's just a <laughs> treasure trove of really yeah. great, great original screenplays. Yeah, so I feel like of the adapted screenplay movies that I saw this year, Women Talking is the only one that I saw that I was like, this, this is, this is a good, this is a, this is a good story, and I like this script. Um, but anyway, because there weren't many adapted things that I saw, so, um, so yeah, moving on to original screenplay, I was really torn here in terms of what I thought would win. I knew what I wanted to win, but I was like, this could go to Banshees or Everything Everywhere, and I don't know. And I eventually chose to vote for Banshees because I was like, maybe they'll give Banshees something. Maybe they'll let Everything Everywhere all at once lose in one category because Banshees Mm -hmm. is great. And I feel like everyone who's seen the movie agrees that the Banshees is Mm -hmm. great. So I was like, maybe it'll win. It didn't. Nope. I, I, I am not anti the decision. Everything, everywhere, all at once to win this category. I think, I think it was, um, especially thinking about the way that the script was written and how they translated that to screen, because the actors they talk about getting the script and they would read it and they would just say, "I have no idea how <laughs> this, this is, is going to like. turn into anything." And so I can just imagine looking at that screenplay and just being like, what is this? But then it, it, 
but the story's there and they have so anyway I think that I think that their screen screenplay was very strong I'm not opposed to them winning but that being said I think that I think that Banshees of Inisherin the script the screenplay is a masterpiece I think that mm-hmm. I think that Martin McDonough's ability to juggle humor with tragedy with family with friendship with with war with peace with hope with hopelessness I mean it's just I don't understand how that movie can take me from genuine laughter to heartbreak in five minutes back to laughter then to it just I think that but also doing it in a way that feels so natural and so real to the story and to the characters and to their attitudes and what they would actually do. And I just think, I, I think that the screenplay of the Banshees of Inna Sharon is one of honestly the best screenplays I've ever, I mean, I haven't read it, but if I had read it, <laughs> that you'd ever I feel seen like it's, on, it's on screen. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's one of the best ones I feel like I've seen in my lifetime and I would love to buy it and just read it or print it out and read it and just study just what that script looked like and, and, and put that next to watching the movie itself and see how it translated over. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I've, I don't understand triangle of sadness. That movie did not do anything for me. That's the one outlier Um, for me in this category. I really, I was not crazy about this movie and I, I think the screenplay is kind of a, a mess. Yeah, I I think that the Tar screenplay was great. Mm-hmm. I think the Fableman screenplay, the Fablemans. I'm kind of I I I, I like the movie. Um, the Fablemans has grown anyway. for me on thinking about it afterwards. I would like to see it again. I would like to see a lot of these movies again. But I, the more I think about that movie, the more I like it. For me, yeah. I I was gonna say I think the aspect of that movie that I like the most is actually the screenplay. Mm. Um. Well, even though there are some moments like with the bully at the end, and I'm just like, okay, no one talks. Like oh, this. I love that the, scene. At like, the end. Yeah. I, I don't like that scene. Um, like, I do think there are parts of it where it doesn't really sound like actual humans speaking. It sounds like a narrator of a story being like, and then so and so learned this, but the person saying it through words. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I do think I do think the screenplay for that movie is is very yeah. strong. But I also think part of the reason it not it was nominated is because it was like the first screenplay that Steven Spielberg ever wrote, and he was like, I don't write screenplays, <laughs> and then he wrote this one. Like, well, let's give it to yeah. him. Tony Kushner's but a great I'm writer. I'm not anti that movie. I'm not anti that movie being nominated. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. Um, I wish Banshees had won, mm-hmm. but at the same time, everything everywhere, it, I'm fine yeah. with that too. They they had a great screenplay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree overall, but I I do wish it had been Banshees or Tar. I really really love the screenplay mm. for Tar. I think Yeah. I mean, we've said it already, but Tar I really wish that movie had gotten more recognition. I think that movie is brilliant. I think the way that it the screenplay just it just thrusts you into this unfamiliar for most of us world of classical music and these extremely pretentious people <laughs> who have all of these, um, I, I shouldn't say pretentious people, you know, as if all classical musicians are the same, but like Tar, Lydia Tar, the character, she's extremely pretentious and she has all of these um, 
you know, facts and references and ideas and things to throw out. And she's constantly, you know, she's constantly talking as at everyone and, and creating this whole narrative around herself and constructing her world and the way that the screenplay is just slowly chipping away at who she thinks she is and her sense of self and her sense of safety and everything that she's built up for herself is just, it's so masterful. And I mean, it, it goes along with Kate Blanchett's absolutely incredible performance. You know, the, the two are really intertwined, but I think the screenplay for that movie is brilliant in the way that it brings you into this world that, you know, very few people inhabit and very few people kind of understand the way that it works, but it makes it, it helps you, it navigates you through it and it kind of naturally creates these connections to other aspects of modern day society. It, It comments on ideas of social media use and power dynamics and gender dynamics in a way that feels very intelligent to me and nuanced and natural and is not kind of beating you over the head with its themes um yeah I really really love that screenplay sorry like my computer just did something weird it like froze and then blah um yeah I I'm very glad that we that, that you took some time to talk about tar because I feel like it wasn't it wasn't nominated in many categories and it also didn't win anything so I feel like it's very easy to forget mm-hmm. it but I mean that is literally my number two film yeah, of yeah. the year and the thing it, that's it, so underrated about it too is it's you know it's this three hour movie about a classical musician who gets canceled basically and you you look at that and you're like uh okay it's so much fun. Like that movie is just really, really easy to watch and you really get immersed in it. It's really funny at parts, you know, it's like this really kind of dark biting humor that's um, really delicious to watch. And the time really flies by. It's very, I think, very well paced. It's, um, it really immerses you. It really draws you in. So yeah, that, that movie really did not get the love that it deserved from the Oscars. Especially considering, I mean, I feel like the whole year that it was out, all of the, so many people were talking about this, I mean, film people. I I don't think anyone who's not a film person, everyone's (laughs) like, what is this movie and why would I watch it? Um, But so many people were putting this as like their number one, other than everything ever all Mm -hmm. at once. But this movie was up there for so many people. And I feel like it just was barely, I don't know. I feel like it was just barely mentioned um, last night and it it makes me sad, but that's okay. It's fine. It happens sometimes, but as long as, as long as we know, you know, we know. (laughs) The tar heads. (laughs) We know. Yeah. The tar heads. Yeah. Um, Okay. So now we're getting into the acting categories. Mm. So we've got actress in a supporting role, which is... Uh, Angela Bassett from Black Panther, Hong Chow from The Whale, Carrie Condon from Banshees, Jamie Lee Curtis from Everything Everywhere, and Stephanie Zhu from Everything Everywhere. Yep. Um, I've actually been wondering if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I've been saying Zhu because that's what it sounded like they were saying last night, but I could have misheard. Yeah, I I could be 100% okay. wrong. I'm, I apologize I'm just... <laughs> if I am pronouncing that name incorrectly. Yeah. She's a wonderful actress. I don't know. Yes, um, who started in Marvelous Miss Maisel, or at least that's the first thing yeah, I saw. First her thing in, I saw her in, as which well. is being freaking 
Joel's girlfriend. <laughs> Freaking Joel. Um, Freaking Joel. Anyway, <laughs> not to linger on that, but um, yeah. Yeah. So, so this was, what did you think well, about was, Jamie Lee Curtis winning? This, this? was kind of an upset. Um, the um, most frequent name that I had seen predicted to win was Angela Bassett for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of surprising mm-hmm. that Jamie Lee Curtis won. Um, so a lot of negative reactions to that on Twitter. Not that we really care what Twitter thinks. Um, I mean, if Angela Bassett had won, it's like, you know, it, it's an award that is for... Not that she didn't deserve it from her performance, which is incredible in Black Panther, as she always is. Um, You know, it's not the greatest movie. It's not the greatest role to be winning an Oscar for, but it would be very much an Oscar that is for this performance, plus your incredible body of work that has come before it. And it would have been so well-deserved. And, I mean, I I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I think she's a a really great actress. Um, I think she's great in everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I, I do wish it had gone to Angela Bassett, um, as an alternative. I really loved Carrie Condon's performance in the Banshees of Inishirin. Um, I would have loved to see her win. Um, I think she really is kind of the, you know, she's the emotional heart of that movie and, um, she really ties it together in a, in a very special way. So, you know, I'm. I think Jamie Lee Curtis Curtis is great in everything, everywhere. I'm not. You know, w- as with a lot of these wins, it's like I'm not mad at the win in itself. I, you know, right. I, I don't object yeah. to that. It's just there's something else that I wish had won instead. Right. You know. Yeah, I will say if Jamie Lee Curtis were to win an Oscar, hot take. I think she should have won it for free. <laughs> and I, and I'm not saying that as a joke. Like I legitimately think her performance as a teenage girl in Freaky Friday is incredibly incredibly fantastic I mean, like it's no just so good here. um the it's just it's really great um but also that being said i i agree with geneva on pretty much every like literally everything <laughs> that you just said i i'm i think that jamie lee curtis did a great job i think that her character was um i i like how she, sometimes she was funny and sometimes she was a little bit scary and then sometimes she had to be romantic and show love i i thought i liked the character I thought Jamie Lee Curtis's performance was was strong given what what she was given. But that being said, I do think that Carrie Condon, um, I, I wanted her mm-hmm. to win. I I knew I knew that she wouldn't. Um, She's so but I really wanted her to heartbreakingly win. good yeah. in that conversation with Barry Keoghan's character. Um, if you've seen the movie, you know which one I'm talking about. Um, the yeah he's dull Siobhan he's always been <laughs> dull <laughs> no I don't um, think so oh my goodness. yeah she's um, so good yeah I mean I feel like out of all of the and I'd have to look at my list of movies because I'm just going off the top of my head but I feel like out of all the supporting actress roles that I saw this year I feel like and uh, not Angela Bassett because I didn't see Black Panther but I feel like Carrie Condon and Kiki Palmer mm. in Nope were the real standouts I mean, for me for supporting so actress. ridiculous that Kiki Palmer wasn't nominated um, yeah, yeah but I will say yeah. too just as a, a shout out to a movie that I really enjoyed that did not get any nominations um I've not seen the- nope. <laughs> <laughs> apart from that one um I've not seen the whale so I'm sure Hong Chao is great in it but if Hong Chao was going to be nominated I feel like she should have been nominated for the menu she, and specifically absolutely- for her pronunciation yes. of the word tortillas 
She is so delightful <laughs> in that movie. Well, I remember because I saw The Whale after I saw The Menu. And, and then she was nominated for the whale mm-hmm. and i remember seeing that and i was like her performance in the menu was way better <laughs> not not that her yeah, performance yeah. in in the whale was bad but i feel like her performance in the whale was kind of something where it's like we've seen this before right. whereas the menu her character was just so she's something much more different and interesting to work with yeah she, yeah i i thought that i just liked mm-hmm. i liked her character yeah. more in the menu well i mean um, you know I think we've talked about this before, but the Oscars does not recognize or reward comedic performances to the extent that I think that they should, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) there's so many great comedic performances out there and they'll they'll recognize them sometimes, but um, I, I think it's often underrated how difficult it is to give a really great, interesting different um standout comedic performance and they're not just not given enough awards recognition for how technically difficult that that is to do Mm. like um yeah 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 i 100 percent agree with you um okay so we've got actor (laughs) in a supporting role this is like for me the same as um original screenplay where it's just i i want them all to win (laughs) (laughs) yeah so for this we've got brendan gleason for banshees brian tyree henry for causeway judd uh judd hirsch for the fablemans barry keegan for banshees and ki hui kwan for everything everywhere um, so yeah, we've got a lot of powerhouse performances here. I will say, unfortunately, I love Brian Tyree Henry. I wanted to see Causeway. I have not seen it because it never came out in theaters and I do not pay for Apple TV plus. So I have not seen that yeah, movie, um, but I do love Brian Tyree Henry and I'm so glad that he's got an Oscar nomination under his belt. I think that, I think he will win one, oh, one of these absolutely. days. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I'm very happy to see him represented here. Um, but that being said, so is it Ki Hui Kwan? Is that what um, it is? I think it's Ki. Or is it Ki Hui Kwan? Is how I've heard it pronounced. But I might be I might be saying that incorrectly. Okay. Yeah. So he won. I he am was so the favorite happy that to he win. Won. It was. Um, it was one of the first. I don't know if it was the first or the second award of the night, but it was such a great way to start off the night because. The love for him in that room was so palpable. He was so excited. His speech was just delightful. It was moving. It was emotional. It was sweet. It was heartfelt. Um, yeah, like like I said, I, I would have been happy if any of these actors had been nominated. Um, I loved both performances from Banshees. I love Judd Hirsch's performance. I, I have not seen Causeway, but I love Brian T- Tyree Henry in general. But I'm really, really happy that Kihi Kwan won. It was very well deserved. And um, yeah, I'm just so happy that he has an Oscar. Yeah, I um, so here's the thing. So first of all, I'm I'm happy that Ki Hui Kwan won. Um, I I personally I do think that um, I do think that um, Judd Hirsch's performance was my personal favorite supporting actor performance mm. of the year. Um, I think that he showed up for five minutes and stole the show. Um, he had the most 
he had the most memorable performance for me in that movie. Um, so I, I was, I thought that there was a shot he could win, but at the same time I was like, no, it's going to be Ki Hui Kwan. Cause he's literally won every single word up to this point. Um, so all that being said, shout out to Judd Hirsch. I think he had a fantastic performance. Wonderful. That being said, um, I'm very happy that Ki Hui Kwan won. I, his speech was incredibly inspiring to me. Um, and there were a couple people up there that won last night, which really, really tugged on my heartstrings because now that I more than ever am full on pursuing being a director, there were so many people that won last night who have been in this industry for a long time and are winning things now. And they gave speeches along the lines of like, don't let anyone tell you you're past your prime. Don't ever give up on your dreams. Don't ever. And we got those speeches from Jamie Lee Curtis. We got them from um, from Brendan Fraser. We got them from Kihui Kwan. That we got them from Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Like there were mm-hmm. so many people who they've worked for this for forever. Or like like Brendan Fraser, he left because he thought he couldn't do it, and then he came back and look where he is now. Mm-hmm. And well, I, that's not. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not directly what happened but but that's um, one of, yeah certainly one factor but and that's, i think that was part partly of... a factor for ki ki kwan as well um yeah 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 um I so I, I i really i think that a lot of the speeches from those particular people were super powerful but i feel like ki hui kwan in particular his was really really um heartfelt and powerful and encouraging and um hopeful and um I'm very very happy that he that he won I hope he has a bright future in terms of his career um I hope he gets more opportunities um and I feel like and this could be a controversial opinion and that's fine but I do feel like out of all of the performances and everything ever all at once, I do think that his was like the heart and soul of that movie. Mm-hmm. I think that I agree. he carried so much of the emotional weight of that um, because so many of the other characters, like their emotional dependencies and their emotional arcs led back to him. He was kind of the bedrock of everything else. and mm-hmm. <laughs> Pun not intended. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I'm really happy that he won. I think that his speech, at least for me, was the most special moment of the night. Um, and yeah, it just it just inspired me, um, and it it gave me hope for for my future as a director, and also for all the other dreamers that are out there for whatever dream that they have. Because um, I think it's helpful for us to look at people who aren't the Steven Spielbergs who, mm-hmm. you know, created Jaws when they were freaking 19 <laughs> years old or the Damien Chazelles who made Whiplash when they were 23. Mm-hmm. I think that those people can like, it's not, it's not a bad thing to look up to those people and they're super admirable and they've contributed so much and they're obviously great artists and masters at their craft. But I think sometimes when you look at them, you can feel defeated. Yeah. And so it's nice to, to, to hear, for, especially on this this ceremony was overwhelmingly, you know, like, like we said at the beginning, you know, the editor, this was the second film, the direct, you know, it was so inspiring just to see all these people who either waited for so long or I don't know. I feel like it was just a show where we were watching dreams come true and it was, um, 
it was just really inspiring and very moving. And I think Kihui Kwan's speech was was great and he deserved it. So I'm happy for him. Yeah, that's such a good point. I'm, I'm really glad you said that because we do, you know, as a society, and I think this has been true <laughs> throughout history, you know, we have such a tendency to fetishize youth and um, we love the idea of a prodigy who is creating, you know, directing Citizen Kane by the time they're 24 years old or whatever. And that's wonderful. You know, it's amazing that we have people who can do that. But (laughs) it does not, you know, your age, your youth or lack of it does not reflect on you as a person. And, um, And it is wonderful to recognize, you know, the the beauty and the strength and the the talent and um, the value that uh, maturity, emotional maturity, maturity and technique can bring. And yeah, it's just so wonderful to see people who've worked for so long in the industry and who've put in so many hours and have probably taken so many jobs that were discouraging or, um, uh, you know, were not using their talents in the way that they should have been recognized. And to see them after all of this time finally get their due and finally have a chance to really shine and, and show what they can do is just, yeah, it is, it is a really beautiful, beautiful moment. But I think at the same time, I mean, we can talk about this more if we want to, when we get to the best director category, I think it was the Daniels who also said, um, or maybe this was one when I think they said this when they won original screenplay, but they said, or they said something along the lines of like, this award, I want you all to know that this is not normal. Yes. I like, love that. Just line. because, yeah. just because you haven't won one of these awards does not mean that you're not accomplished. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you don't have success in what you do. It doesn't mean that, that we're, that we're better than you. It doesn't mean that we're farther along than you. It doesn't mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean any of those, yeah. those things. I think it, it was, um, it, this is not, he's like, this doesn't mean that we're better. This is not normal. Yeah. This is just some fluke thing that happened to happen and we're honored to win this. But had we like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't carry any weight in terms of your value mm-hmm. in the work that you do. Yeah. Well, and I, th- I loved, I loved when he said, yeah, that. I think that was Daniel Kwan. I want to say it was when they won their best director, though you might be right that it was screenplay, but Am I misremembering, too, that I think the context of that was that he was shouting out his children and he was saying specifically, like, just so you know, you know, I think there's a larger context of it, you know, too, with regards to the industry. But I I also had the takeaway of it of, you know, your your father has won this incredible award, but this should not be the standard for your own life, which I think is I I just found it to be a really sweet moment because I think it can be very hard to have a parent who, Hmm. you know, has accomplished this great thing and have to grow up in the shadow of that. And so I thought it was a very sweet moment to kind of shout out, you know, I love you, my children, for for who you are. And please don't take this as some sort of um, standard bearer for what you should be. You know, you have value outside of that. Yeah, I yeah, I just feel like the vibe of all the people on that production Mm -hmm. is just a lot of humble people that are happy to be doing mm-hmm. what they're doing and they love what they're doing and I'm just thinking about you know all the speeches of all these winners the the editors and the Jamie Lee Curtis's mm-hmm. and the Michelle Yeo's and the it's like all of these people were just happy to be doing something that was a piece of art in cinema and um and I'm just I just can't imagine being 
you know, around that type of film crew and yeah, what that vibe yeah. must have been. Well, and it's so, because... I mean, so much of that movie's themes is around kindness and showing love to one another and accepting one another and um, embracing one another through their flaws and through uh, emotional ups and downs. And um, I think it's really well reflected in the way that that creative team has carried themselves throughout the um the awards season and throughout their speeches and yeah it's just it's really it's really nice you know <laughs> it's just really mm-hmm. nice to see um I think it's it's probably garnered them a lot of goodwill rightfully so you know they they've just been very very classy and gracious and and um yeah shown just given a lot of uh speeches and and conducting themselves in ways that are just yeah really really nice you know so i feel like we probably should have done this before but i'm gonna throw it in now let's just talk about best actor in a leading role because literally all of the remaining categories that won are everything in the realm. <laughs> like this whole column i'm looking yeah. at i mean we've already talked about half of them but Original screenplay, everything everywhere. Actress in a supporting role, everything everywhere. Actor in a supporting role, everything everywhere. Uh, actress in a leading role, everything everywhere. Director, everything. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay, let's just get the only everything everywhere out of the way, or the only non everything everywhere out of the way, which is actor in a leading okay. role. Then we can come back to actress, director, and best okay. picture. So actor in a leading role was won by Brendan Fraser, and he was running against Austin Butler in Elvis, Colin Farrell in Banshees of Sharon. Uh, Paul Meskel in After Sun, Bill Nighy in Living, and Brendan Fraser, of course, won for his performance in The Whale. Um, so yeah, I have seen all of these movies except for Living. Um, and out of all of them, I think, even though I don't think that The Whale is a perfect uh, film, also apart from I think Elvis. I've s- uh, oh yeah, I haven't seen Elvis either. You are correct. Um, yeah, so, so apart from The Whale not being a perfect film in my mind, it's got some issues, but I do think that Brendan Fraser's performance is one of the best performances I've seen in, like, in the last 20 years. I think that his performance is very different from, but in a certain way reminds me of Casey Affleck's performance in Manchester by the Mm. Sea. One of, um, it, probably it is, my it is more, favorite acting performance of the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. This one's definitely a lot more dramatic than, um, Casey more Affleck's dramatic performance than Casey because, Affleck's performance. I can't even imagine I know. that. He, Cause he was so dramatic in that movie. No, because this one, it's like, he's crying, he's yelling, he's, you know, yeah. but that being said, he, the reason why I compare it to Casey Affleck is because when he's not crying and yelling even though he does both of those things very convincingly in my Mm -hmm. opinion he his acting is in the subtlety of his face Mm. the way that his eyebrows move express a totally different emotion and then they move a different way and then it's something else and then his mouth it's literally it's all of these subtleties in his face and he doesn't even have to say anything and you feel everything and I just, I, it is, it is a powerful performance. Um, and I 100% think he deserved to win this award. 
Um, I, I think that Colin Farrell was great. I don't think he sh- should have won. Um, I think Paul Musk was great. Don't think he should have won. I frankly am annoyed with people winning best actor and actress just for doing biopics. It bothers me. Um, not that they're not deserving of it, but I'm just bored because that happens all the time and it bothers me. Um, so yeah, I think Brendan Fraser 100 million percent deserved it. I'm glad he won. And also he's a very kind soul. Um, and just so has such a, such a kind presence. Um, and he also genuinely just seems so, just so happy to be in each of these places and so grateful for the opportunity he has to be in a film like this and tell such a story. And, um, yeah, I'm very happy for him. And he gave yet another powerful mm-hmm. speech. So I'm going to go back and read, I think I'm going to like save all of these speeches on some playlist for whenever I'm like, I'll never direct anything. Blah. And then I'll just watch these speeches <laughs> and I'll be inspired again. Yeah. Yeah. His speech was so, it's so raw and emotional. I almost found it hard to watch because it was so, emotional um he was clearly so excited and humbled and grateful and um yeah just really really yeah raw is the only thing, <laughs> the word that I can think of to use for it um uh, obviously as we talked about I have not seen the whale but I I I am very excited for Brendan Fraser by all accounts from what I've heard Whatever that movie's flaws, his performance was not it. I've heard that he was absolutely excellent, and I can easily believe that. Um, my personal pick of the... So I had only seen um, Elvis and Banshees, and uh, my personal pick is for Colin Farrell and Ban- Banshees. I really... Oh, interesting. Yeah, I really wanted him to... You know, I'm I'm very happy that that Brendan Fraser won. If he was not going to win, I really would have wanted Colin Farrell to win it. I think he's a a wonderful actor, and I think he's great in that movie. Um, but you know, very very happy that Brendan Fraser now has an Oscar, and I'm very excited to see what he's yep. going to do next. Yeah, and don't worry, Paul Mescal, your chance is coming. <laughs> Paul Mescal was going to have plenty. This of chances. movie, this movie was not your turn, but. Your turn is coming, my yes. friend. It's crazy to think that within and I'm ready for five it. years of entering the industry, he already has an Emmy nomination and a Best Actor nomination. I think he won an Emmy. Did he win the Emmy? I, I think he won I'm, the Emmy. I'm for, sure you're right. Daisy Edgar Jones didn't win, but okay. I think Paul Meskel won the Emmy. He either won an Emmy or a Golden Globe. I don't remember which okay. one it was. Okay. I think. Yeah. Maybe it was a sack. I don't know. He won some major award for his performance in Normal yeah. People. I, it might have been an Emmy might have been a sag. Might have been well, a gold globe. I was on know. his way. Um, yes, his chance is coming, and I am here for it. <laughs> he is. I yeah. He's such a talented actor. Um, okay, so we've got actress in a leading role for Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. She won, and she was going up against Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, uh, and I Andrea Riseborough. Mm-hmm. For Two Leslie, which is a movie I want to see, but also was not in theaters anywhere around me. Yep. Um, and then Anna de Armas for Blonde and Kate Blanchett for Tar. Um, I think in any other context, hands down, I would have given it to Kate Blanchett. But the reason 
I hope people don't get mad at me for this, but the reason I'm glad that Michelle Yeoh won is because I feel like this is something that was a long time coming. I think that she has given a lot of incredible, she's given a lot of incredible, incredible performances over her career, but she's never been recognized for any of them. And so for that, I think it was her time. Whereas Kate Blanchett, I do think she gave the best performance out of all of these people here, but because she's won what three times already (laughs) it's kind of like all right Kate we all know you're fantastic we all love you it's time for you know let's give someone else a shot and I think Kate Blanchett was totally fine with with Michelle Yeoh winning so that's kind of where I'm at I I think that Michelle Yeoh's performance was great but I more so think that she should have won because of just the span of her career and I think it was her time but I do think that Kate Blanchett gave the best performance by an actress this year. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, I've not seen Blonde. I've not seen Two Leslie. So I'm only going off of the the three that I have seen, purely for the 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 movies themselves and the way that they use their lead actresses. I would probably go for Kate Blanchett just because that movie is so constructed around her and the very, I mean, everything everywhere is also constructed around Michelle Yeoh, but. Tar is so in, in, intensely focused on the performance of Kate Blanchett, and I think she carries it really wonderfully. But I think it's Michelle Yeoh's win is extremely well deserved um, for what she does in that movie, for you know her acting and also her physical performance. I mean, she's such a she's always been such a wonderful um, dramatic actress, but also, you know, she has this comedic side and she's also an excellent at carrying off, um, martial arts roles and actions, action roles. And I'm so glad that she won for a role that gets her to show all of those different aspects of her personality and, and what she can do. Um, yeah, I, I am really, really happy that, that she won. Um, she's yeah she's it's like you said it's been a long time coming and um she really really deserves this recognition yeah absolutely um okay so we've got best director so uh the daniels won so the daniels being daniel kwan and daniel scheinert uh so they won for everything everywhere todd field was also nominated for tar Martin McDonough was nominated for the Banshees. Uh, Ruben Ostland was nominated for Triangle of Sadness. And then Steven Spielberg. Good old Steven Spielberg. Good old Sammy Spielberg. (laughs) (laughs) Steven Spielberg was nominated for the Fablements. Um, So I actually predicted that potentially Martin McDonough might win this, oh, uh, but I knew it was between him and, and the Daniels, mm-hmm. but I personally wanted Todd Field to win. Um, I, again, I'm not going to keep saying this, but I think that Tar was just not remembered enough in this. I just feel like it was forgotten how good that movie mm-hmm. is. So Todd Field was actually my choice for best director. Um, but that being said, I do, I, I'm totally fine with the Daniels winning. I think that the way that they were able to bring that incredibly complicated screenplay to life is incredibly impressive. And um, yeah, I mean, there's so many things here. I mean, cause the performances, you know, 
Yeah, I, I just I think I think their direction was an accomplishment here, and I think I'm totally fine with them winning. I I think that it's well deserved. Um, but that being said, I mean, Todd Field, man, Tar was so freaking yeah. good, and the direction in that, oh man, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, couldn't agree more. You know, as you know, as <laughs> as we've said before, you know, I'm I'm happy for the win, but there is, I do wish there had been someone, another movie, another person who had had the opportunity to be recognized in one of these categories. I really would have loved to see Todd Field win. Would have loved to see Martin McDonough win. Honestly, would have loved to see Steven Spielberg win. Like, I, I just looked it up as we were talking. He's won two Best Director um, Oscars, but the last one was in 1999. He's not won since then. That was Schindler's List, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, uh, Save a Private Ryan. He also won for Schindler's List. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so those are his two. Hmm. Um, um, but yeah, anyway, um, of those four, I would have been happy with any of them. <laughs> we're like, sorry, no apologies to Ruben Ostland. Um, I would not have nominated him nope. for this, <laughs> this award personally. I wouldn't have nominated this movie for anything, mm. but <laughs> that's just my own opinion. <laughs> um... um but yeah, yeah, very, very happy for them. Happy that they won. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for them as well. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, best picture. Believe it or not, everything, everywhere, all at <laughs> once. One best picture. Um. And it was going up against. Believe it or not, all quiet what? on the Western Front. Um. Avatar: The Way of Water, Banshees, Elvis, Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun, Triangle of Sadness, and Women yeah. Talking. So did you, so which of the movies of these movies then just to sum it up, um, had you not seen, cause you'd not seen Elvis, you'd not seen all quiet. Was there anyone, any of these best picture nominees that you had not any others that you had not seen? Nope. Those are the only okay. two I hadn't seen. Um, and not because I didn't have the opportunity, but yeah. out of protest. <laughs> well, no, all quiet on the Western front was out of protest. Elvis is just because just I am not interested. interested. Yeah. I'm 0% interested in that. <laughs> I love Baz Luhrmann, though. I love Baz Luhrmann, yeah. but that movie in particular, I still maintain, I like, honestly, I have no interest. I have rewatched the beginning 40 minutes of that movie like three times at this point. I really like Elvis, and I, my love for it kind of just grows the more I feel like other people are apathetic. So... <laughs> It's okay. We all have our we thing. We all have it's our fine. thing. You know, it's not my, I won't yeah. say it's my favorite of the year or anything like that, but I really do like it and I really do um, stick up for, for certain aspects of it. Uh, I think it dips in parts, but there are just some sequences that I think are really, really fantastically done. Anyway, we don't need to. I just can't get over Tom Hanks. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I can understand <laughs> that. I think he works for I what can't. the movie is doing, but. Yep. The, he's he's doing a very particular thing. Anyway. It's a choice. Um we don't need to talk about Elvis anymore. Um Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had seen I had managed to see all of them, which I'm very proud of myself for doing. Um Is that the first time you've done that? Not the first time, no. But the first time okay. in a couple years, I think. Last year I saw everything but King Richard. Um I think the year before that I'd managed to see everything. Yeah, I, I can't remember <laughs> back that okay far. i usually manage give or take one i think um okay so this year i managed to do it um 
yeah, I don't know, thoughts that on <laughs> anything that we haven't already said about Everything Everywhere or thoughts on the other nominees that you have seen that we haven't really talked I'll about? I'll just repeat, I don't think Triangle of Sadness should be in this category. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't get it. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this was a weird, this was a weird category for me. I just feel like so many of the movies this year that were nominated for Best Picture, I just didn't connect with. And so for me, it was just hard because mm-hmm. Avatar The Way of Water, like, I, I, I get why it's nominated. I feel like it's more so for the, for the, the visual feat mm-hmm. and the craft of how much hard work and invention went into making that thing exist. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I understand, but I wasn't blown away by that movie um, the Fablemans, I think it's a good movie, but I'm not like head over heels about it. Top Gun Maverick, again, I think it's a fun movie. I'm not head, o- although I am glad it was nominated because for other reasons, but Triangle of Sadness, I don't get it. Women Talking, I'm happy it was nominated to represent women and to have a female director, but I'm also like, I'm not head over heels for that movie either. I don't know. It was just a weird year for me because for me, even everything, everywhere, all at once, which one best picture I I'm still that movie. I'm like, I think it's a good movie, but I don't understand the craze about it. And so for me, out of this whole list, the only two movies that I genuinely, genuinely really enjoyed was Banshees and Tar. And that's not normally what happens for me. There's normally at least half of them that I really, really liked. And Granted, I normally see all of them, and this year there were two that I didn't see, but it was just a weird year for me. I I feel like I wasn't as engaged in the ceremony because I knew All Quiet on the Western Front and Everything Everywhere All at Once were going to win everything, and then also out of the best pictures, there weren't many that I was super excited about. So it was a weird, it was a weird ceremony. I mean, it's almost been, no, it's not almost, it definitely has been more fun for me to talk about it than to actually watch it. Because I don't know. It was it was just a weird year. It was a weird yeah, year. Interesting. Yeah. I I differ from you a little bit in that I was I'm actually pretty happy and excited about all uh no, I shouldn't say all of the nominees equally, but I really love the spread of nominees that we had for Best Picture this year. Um there are a lot of different genres represented, there are a lot of different sort of budget sizes represented. Um you know, we have some movies that were kind of big blockbusters. We have some that were smaller indies. You know, we have some that are drama, some that are more comedic, um, which you don't normally get for Best Picture nominees. So that's uh, that's a direction that I hope they continue to move into is just kind of diversifying what a Best Picture nominee can look like. And um, I mean, the fact that Everything Everywhere All at Once won, um, even though I have my certain, I can't connect to that movie emotionally as much as some other people do, I really love the fact that something so weird and out there and something that is dramatic but also comedic and has these action elements and has these, um, you know, these sci-fi fantasy elements. I love the fact that that won um, as opposed to something that is more of a maybe traditional um uh, Oscar winner, you know, in, in that more traditional Oscar winner template that we've had um, in the past. Um, so, see, can can I just say real mm-hmm. quick? 
I agree with everything that you're saying, but I think in all of the points that you're saying, there were better, not in all Mm. of them, but in a lot of the points that you're saying, there were better movies. Like there was a better comedic movie. There was a better blockbuster movie. Mm. There was a better movie directed by a woman. There was a bit like, I, I understand what you're saying about the diversity thing. And I agree with that. But I think the ones that they chose, I'm like, but these are not as good mm-hmm. as the other ones you could have chosen that give the same type of representation, yeah. if that makes sense. So I agree with mm-hmm. you in, in the sense that, like, the diversity of what is being nominated here is exciting. Yeah. But I'm also like, but there's, but there are. They could yeah. have chosen better <laughs> movies for yeah. these for these categories. Well, I just think this has been a pretty good year for movies. And I think they've gotten a lot of the a lot of really good movies in this lineup i mean there are definitely some that i would kick out in favor of others um but there's nothing this year for me that is egregious on the level of a you know a bohemian rhapsody apologies to anyone who loved that movie um it should not have been nominated for best picture you know there's nothing of that level where it's just like this is just technically incompetent <laughs> you know <laughs> again apologies to anyone who loves that movie should not have been nominated for best picture um so yeah there there are definitely movies in this list that i like more than others but overall i'm pretty positive on what ended up getting nominated um yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I agree too, though, with what you said. It, it It is a little bit less exciting when it's so obvious that there, it's going to be a sweep and there's not really that, you know, maybe this thing could take it, maybe that, that thing could take it. Like, we could clearly see what was going to happen. And, you know, I'm, not, I'm certainly happy that everything everywhere all at once has won. You know, I don't begrudge it at all. I think it's very extremely well-deserved. I just... You know, as we've said several times, I, I wish there had been a bit more of a spread in the way that the awards worked out throughout the night. Yeah. So since we're at almost two hours, I just want to like say, just go through two final things and maybe we can wrap this up. Um, so the so the last things I want to do. So Geneva, open up your letterbox to my Ooh, friend. Okay. I want us... And you can object if you genuinely don't want to do it because I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. But I thought it would be fun if we just really quickly shared our top 10 movies of the year. Oh, sure. Yes. I actually did rank my top 10 recently. Actually, let me double. Oh, let me double check that and make sure. Um, Because Geneva puts her movies in there and then lets it sit for like five months. And it's like, Geneva, you've seen 10 movies since then. (laughs) Is that still your ranking? Well, it's more like I'll stick them in the list and then I'll forget to actually rank them because it gets so hard to do the rankings sometimes oh man yeah so I've got my top 10 set but then I'm looking at the ones that are just outside the top 10 I'm like oh but I love them too well how about we do our top 10 and then we go like the next five will be our honorable mentions okay like going to 15 Sounds good all right do you want to go first um sure do you want me to go 10 to 1 do yeah do 10 okay. to 1 and then I'll do 10 to 1 and then we'll say our honorable okay, mentions that's good. all right so my number 10 is the menu which we mentioned before. Um, I, I'm not going to talk about each, each one individually because that would take forever. <laughs> but just to say, if they had to dominate one movie for Best Picture this year, that was a sort of eat the rich satire um, involving a deserted island and um, disasters that involve food 
Um, I wish it had been the menu. But anyway. White Lotus Season 2. Oh, wait. That's a TV show. <laughs> it's a common theme. Glass Onion. Cough, cough. Anyway. Was Glass Onion on an island? Uh, oh, yeah. What? I'm sorry. Yep. Go ahead. I'm not going to go down <laughs> that. Uh, All fine. right. Anyway. Number 10. The menu. Number 9. Elvis. Number 8. The Fablemans. Number 7. My beloved Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. <laughs> number 6. I'm surprised that's not higher for you. <laughs> I mean, it's a... It's a like I said, it's a great year for movies. Number six, RRR. Number five, Benediction. Number four, Top Gun Maverick. Number three, Tar. Number two, Banshees of Inishirin. Number one, Nope. Of course. Yeah. And okay. like, this is a very tight, you know, a lot of these could shift oh, around yes. very yes. easily. But yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. So my number 10, I... I I have spent so much time working on this ranking. It's not even <laughs> funny. So it's one of those things where it's like, I could look at this in a week and be like, oh no, I'm going to swap those two. Um, but anyway, so this is my final as of now. So number 10 is the Fablemans. No one freaking judge me. This movie has issues, but I love it. Number nine is the unbearable weight of next oh. talent. <laughs> I was like, what is this going to um, be? Okay. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, no shame. I have no shame. Sure. That movie, I acknowledge its flaws, but I had a freaking great a, time yeah. at the theater. It's and it movie. made me laugh and it made me feel warm inside. Um, okay, number eight, Everything Everywhere. Number seven, Nope. Number six, Bones and All, Snubbed mm. Everywhere. Number five, Babylon. Number four, Close. These next two I could swap. Okay. I probably will swap them actually, but as of now, it's number three, Banshees, number two, Tar, and number one, The Lost City. No. (laughs) (laughs) My brain broke for a second. I was like, wait, The Lost City, but is there another Lost City that I I didn't hear about? (laughs) Uh, No. Number one is RRR, um, obviously. So, I was like, is there some I, I thought, ex- obscure foreign movie called The Lost City that came out last year that Tatum never told me about? <laughs> yeah, RRR is actually Telugu, and if you translate RRR in Telugu into English, it's Lost City. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so that's my 10. And Jeeva, what are your five honorable, honorable mentions in any order? Uh, in any order. Um, so after Yang is... Um, I'm the, Oh, I haven't seen yes, it yet. Yes, this is the... It's been checked out at the library for months, yes. and I can't rent it so yet. So Colin Farrell had four incredible performances this year. <laughs> um, so he was in Banshees. He was in The Batman, basically unrecognizable. He was in a movie called 13 Lives, which I've heard good things about, but I've not seen. Um, but he was also in this um, sort of dreamy, sci-fi, subdued family drama called After Yang, and... He's wonderful. The movie is really wonderful. It is kind of slow and subdued um, and thoughtful. It's a lot about sort of connections and memory and um, the way that the the impact that people have on each other and what it's like when someone is lost and the hole that they leave in the lives of those around them. And yeah, it's a really wonderful movie. I would recommend seeking it out. Anyway, sorry, I am not going to be talking about each one individually. <laughs> um yeah so after yang is one of them um i also have the northman uh which i really enjoyed um uh the batman That's so funny uh w- sorry 
Uh, oh, nothing. okay. Yeah, I know. I know you funny. didn't like the Northman as much as I did, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed. Well, that it's one. just it's it's just funny because mm-hmm. for me, the Northman and Batman are like lower than twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, the Batman, um, the outfit, which is kind of a what is that? It's I've never even heard. I of feel that. like it maybe quality wise or ambition wise maybe could you know it could be lower but it's just i it's an interesting little thriller and i love mark rylance oh it's got mark rylance yes. in it That's so why. it's got zoe deutsch who i also adore um it's got johnny flynn who i really like and yeah so it's it's kind of wormed its way um up it, i up see the list. mark rylance uh, like, i really enjoyed right, it yeah no more what'd you say yeah Nothing. Oh, Go okay. ahead. Yeah. It's just a little, it's a little thriller about a tailor in Chicago who, um, is, um, put in a difficult position, um, by his proximity to the mob and kind of things unfold in over the course of one night. And yeah, it's a really good little thriller. Yeah. Go search it out. Um, and then the last one, I really enjoyed weird, the Al Yankovic movie <laughs> starring Daniel oh, Radcliffe. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just really silly. I really enjoyed it. So, um, I need to watch that. At some yeah. Point. Yeah. I think that'll be a fun movie just to mm-hmm. sit back and relax. Yeah. Daniel too. Radcliffe is great. I, he's such a, talented comedic actor um the movie is just it's so stupid it's a basically just <laughs> it's basically just a parody of it's a weird out Al- you know how weird album songs are kind of parodies of actual mm-hmm. songs this is a parody of a biopic it's a parody of a parody yeah it's a parody <laughs> of a biopic basically so kind of be up your alley tatum possibly geneva have you seen uh walk hard the pop star never oh, stop yes. never stopping i, I really okay. enjoy that have you seen walk hard the dewey cox story that's no. another great parody of biopics, uh, musical biopics. Doesn't that have uh, John C. Mm-hmm. Riley in yeah. it? I'm not a John C. Riley fan, but oh, you're not a John C. I'll Riley try it out. Fan. I'm I'm not. I really admire that he can be funny and dramatic, mm-hmm. and he's done all these different types of roles. It's honestly just his yeah. voice. His voice. I don't. It's just I there's, can't listen to it. There's one incredible scene in Walk Hard that I watch on YouTube all the time, where he goes to india and um hangs out with the beatles and the beatles are played by um it is uh it's justin long justin schwartzman paul rudd and jack black and it is incredible i'll have to look that up so um okay what's your what's your 15 my honorable mentions in no particular order are um woman king avatar the way of water Top Gun, Maverick, After Sun, and Women Talking. Nice. Those are my honorable mentions. I have not yet finished. I started Women came, Woman King when it came on to Netflix because I shamefully missed it when it was in theaters. Uh, I've not finished it yet or else it would be on my letterbox. And I was really enjoying it. So hopefully it would be, would be high up. But yeah, I'm not very far in it yet. Yeah, it's definitely honorable mentions. There's some things towards the end that I think go a little bit to cheese town, mm-hmm. but... Overall, I really, really like that movie. Um, okay, so Geneva, let's just like super rapid fire any snubs that you want to just throw out there. Just say this was snubbed in this category. Period. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, best actor is such a stacked category, but I have to give a mm-hmm. shout out because I mentioned Benediction is in my top five. And Jack Loudon's performance in Benediction is so moving and heartbreaking. Um I think that is also a movie that is strongly in contention for me for direction. 
Um, I think it's a really beautifully, beautifully shot and beautifully directed movie. Um, I think the, the script is also really good. Yeah, there's a lot of things I really love about Benediction, but it's really held together yeah, by Jack Yeah, I need Loudon's to see that movie. Mm-hmm. I need to see that movie. You've said so much about it. I really yeah. want to see it. Yeah, I really love that movie. Uh, I've already talked about a bit about Nope. I really, really loved mm-hmm. Nope. Um, I love the script. I love the cinematography. I love the sound design. Loved the acting from Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya. Um, I love Jordan Peele's direction. Um, my brother and I, because we saw it in theaters together, we will just still, months later, just randomly message each other a... Um, some sort of Twitter observation or meme or something like that that just unveils another layer in that movie because I think there's so much visual symbolism that's going on, um, which I really loved. So, yeah, I think that movie was egregiously snubbed. So, <laughs> yeah, what about you? Um, Gosh, I'm looking at my, like, well, I mean, I'll just say these real quick. I think RR was snubbed for best picture, best director, best actor. Um, and would you? Is that did, it? I think we discussed this already, but remind me for best actor. Would you have nominated both leads? Would you have nominated both? Okay. Yeah. Both, absolutely both. Um, absolutely. I mean, both. hard to nominate um, <laughs> one without the other. Like, come on. Absolutely both. Clarify. Um, yeah, so that was snubbed in all the major categories, in my opinion. I would also vote for uh, original screenplay for that as well. Um, let me think. I think, um, sorry, I'm just looking at my letterbox and trying to like, I think Babylon was snubbed for best picture. I also think it was snubbed for uh, best cinematography. Um, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of, no, I don't think Bones and All was snubbed. I think it was just one of my favorite movies and I'm sad other people didn't like it mm-hmm. as much. Um, While you're thinking, one other um, one other shout out is there's a small movie um, that came out this past year called Good Luck to You, Leo Grandi. And I have kind of mixed feelings about some aspects of that movie. But one thing I do not have mixed feelings about is the performances from both actors, because it, it's a really small it, most of it is a two hander between Emma Thompson and uh, Daryl McCormick, who is a um a young irish actor um and he is absolutely incredible um basically facing off the entire movie against emma thompson who's giving an incredible performance and i would have loved to see both of them get nominated and sadly that didn't happen but um yeah i would would recommend searching out this movie if you're interested and they're both great yeah and uh, just to finish things up, uh, I also think that, I mean, we mentioned this before, but just to reiterate, I think Nope was snubbed for cinematography and sound design and supporting actress. Um, I think Women King was snubbed for costume design, in my opinion. Um, and this is potentially a very controversial statement. I don't know if I'd say this was a snub. Like this wasn't something where I was like, I'm mad that this wasn't nominated. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I do think it deserved to be nominated. And if it had been, I would, I don't think it deserved to win, but if it had been, I would have been fine with it. Um, I think don't worry, darling for production design. Oh. I think that that movie had good production mm-hmm. design. Um, yeah, I so can't disagree. I, I don't think it's a good movie <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> Um, but I think that the production design, I think the cinematography was great too, but given what else was in this year, I don't think it deserved to be nominated for cinematography, 
but I do think the production design was good. Um, so, and especially if it's going up against a period piece, like the Fablemans or something, but I don't know. I'm not going to compare it to the Fablemans, sure. but I'll just say, I, I think that, I think, don't worry, darling. I think a lot of people were just so upset by so many aspects of it that I don't think that they were willing to look at the aspects of the movie that were done well. Mm-hmm. And I think the production design in that movie is very well done. Um, and the cinematography too. So mm. yeah. Yeah. Controversial statement, but <laughs> there it is. Uh, cause we all know how much Tatum shies away from controversial statements. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I guess, is there anything final that you want to say quickly, Geneva, or do you think we're about ready to wrap up uh, here? I don't know. Now that it's 10.30 my time, 11.30 your time, and this. we both have to get up for work tomorrow. When we hopped onto this, I was like, you know, quick convo, 45 minutes max. <laughs> nah, nah, man. man. Nope. With Tatum, just to, Thankfully, in case anyone is unsure, Tatum and I have not talked about the Oscars at all. So this is literally us debriefing each other and all our thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And also, I have a late call time tomorrow, which is nice. Oh, so it's not good. like I have to be on set at 6 a.m. Oh, also, if you're okay with this, Geneva, mm. I would. if this could be my closing kind of thing, and then we can close out here. Um, but for people who watched the ceremony yesterday, there was it, – it premiered the very first trailer for the TV show that I am immensely proud to be a yes. part of, which is The Bear Season 2. Um, they premiered a trailer mm-hmm. yesterday that's going to be airing in June. Uh, it's an FX on Hulu show. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's a very good show. Please support our hard mm-hmm. work. Um, I'm props buying for the show. So the sledgehammer that you see in that trailer, I did buy it. Not that it matters. Um, but yeah, if anyone saw that trailer and got excited, um, or if you don't know the show, watch it. A, to support our work because we're all working really hard, but also it's you won't regret it. It's a very powerful show, very funny, but also very relatable and um, super stressful. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, if you haven't seen The Bear, go watch it. And season two premieres in June. So once the season comes out, I'll probably talk about it more in this podcast. But there's a lot I basically mm. I can't say anything about it yeah, right now. Understandable. So it's not that there's a lot I can't say. I literally can't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and that was a surprise to us. Everyone on the show, we came in today. We were like, did you know the trailer? was? Yeah. Like, because we just, we literally just shot that stuff last week. I was week. wondering. I was like, like literally this seems last so fast Sunday and Monday footage. we shot that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so we were all like, how did they, didn't we, did you guys see that? <laughs> like we, all of us this morning uh, were like, what? Um, because I didn't even know what the premiere date was till I saw the trailer yesterday. And yeah. I was like, well, because everyone's been asking me, Tatum, when's the show coming out? I'm like, I don't know, probably sometime this summer, but I can't <laughs> tell you. Now I can say it's June. Yeah. So check out The Bear, everybody. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thanks for uh, listening to our first ever Oscars episode. Mm-hmm. We had absolutely no plan. Yeah. This um, was super fun. And- I hope it was fun to listen to as it was to and if not gee when i had fun <laughs> yeah, we, we sure would have done this anyway we just have microphones <laughs> exactly, in front of us now exactly um but yeah if you also i didn't say this at the beginning but i'm gonna say it now even though you've already noticed by now probably this episode has not been edited uh because it's literally 10 30 and i have to go to bed so i'm just uploading it and it is what it is so if there's any noises hey, sarah, sarah. or yeah, if there's any noises or pauses or whatever, 
deal with it. <laughs> so, so apologies in advance, but yeah. But Geneva's got a mic now, so there's I no do. chair creaks. So there's going to be a lot less Hopefully. editing for me to have to do anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for listening to us talk for two hours about the Oscars. If there's any movies you haven't seen, go watch them because there's mm-hmm. a lot of powerful movies this year. Yeah. If there's um, any movies we haven't talked about that you really loved, um, feel free yeah, to hit, us, hit us, up. us up and let us know. Because we're always your pick pod at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Should we should we say our thanks for listening thing or should we just be like, all right, eh, why not? Let's see if I can remember it. Wait, I want to see if I if I remember all it. Right. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast and you want to hear more, please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast podcast your favorite podcast <laughs> on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, our theme song there you, was, go. you got it was composed by Joel Rushton and our podcast graphic was designed by Kara Shin. Oh no, that comes first. Hold on. You you got it out of order, but you got them both. Thank, so thanks for listening. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye everybody. <laughs> <laughs>